Welcome to Furcast episode 382. I'm your host, Paradox the Red Wolf. And I'm your Taigi Maruski. Yay, it's just us. Yeah, it's kind of a chill show. Uh, Pharaoh's not here tonight because he got laid off from his job, and he kind of just needs time to himself. Uh, and also, I think he's busy with some housework. So he, he kind of wanted to take like a two-week break from the show, but he should be back next week. Um, but I that's okay. I have a, a funny video of him to show you guys in a minute, so we'll get to that in a minute. Anyway, welcome to Furcast. Um, it's going to be a short one. We're just going to do Roundup, and then maybe we'll take some calls. Um, so we'll probably just keep it like a chill night. Um, and... Uh, Jesse reminded me that I got to do the push notification for the fact that we're going live, so I just did that. Um, I should mention that next week, uh, we have Linnea, I believe is the name, uh, who is the president of the Furry Writers Guild, uh, and they're going to be joining us for an interview next week on the show live, as far as I'm aware. <laughs> so tune in for that, uh, and also next week is going to be our updated Patreon shoutouts. This week, it's just the previous month's shoutouts. We usually try to update them, like, in the middle of the month. Um, which is a little weird because the payments go through at a weird time. I don't know. Anyway, if anybody wants their Patreon shoutouts changed or added or modified, uh, shoot me an email and let me know, and I'll get them changed. Or if we're pronouncing your name wrong, let us know. There's been a few people where, like, we were pronouncing their name wrong for a long time, and they just, like, years in were like, oh, yeah, by the way, you've been pronouncing it wrong for years. And it's like, oh, great. <laughs> anyway, um... And finally, Furcast is sponsored by TwinTailCreations.com. Uh, we have coupon codes that get you 20% off instead of 15. It used to be 15. Now it's 20. I guess it's up to 20. That's probably what we should, we should say. But anyway, uh, the coupon codes are RedWolf or the coupon code BlueFox. But obviously use the RedWolf coupon code because I'm the one who's here. Um, apparently the BlueFox coupon code is more more popular, though, huh. according to TwinTails. They told us. They should come up with a stat. They should reveal the stats to us. Wait, like, though, if you, if, though, if you reveal the stat, it might create a bias. Might, might a confirmation create an incentive. bias. Well, yeah. would it create confirmation bias or that many people want to do the opposite? You know, and be uh, re rebellion against the status quo. It may spark up some com competition. I don't know. Mine started off actually being more successful, but then for some reason everybody uses Pharaoh's coupon codes. So I don't know. <laughs> They're ruining it. Anyway, um... That's pretty much it for intro stuff. I guess we could just jump into Roundup and get it over with. Um, let me just get the stupid sound effect for that ready and the stupid graphic for that ready. And... Welcome to the Roundup. The Roundup is the segment where we throw a bunch of fucking links at you, and you can check them out on your own after the show when we post the episode. It usually takes a few days. This is our rapid-fire news segment, and uh, basically it's just we throw a bunch of stuff at you. So that's pretty much it. All the things you might need to know from the week. Um, and then after this, like I said, we're probably not going to have a normal news segment because there's really nothing going on still. Um, but that's okay. First thing in the roundup, Vorday is trending. As in literally hashtag Vorday. Um, I, I don't know why. Uh, there's, <laughs> there's Muppet one. Uh, there's a lot of stuff trending on this. And um, <laughs> a lot of people... Not knowing what Vor is, getting very surprised to learn what it is. Uh, I guess Vor exists outside of furry a little bit. Um, like, it's it's a general fantasy thing, not just furry. Although, I guess it's... I've only ever heard of it in a furry context. I have never seen an anime context in my life. Not anime, just general fantasy. Yeah. I've, I've seen it in... I don't know. Like but the, I, I just think of anime when it comes to fantasy. Because yeah. they, they do have a lot of weird things, but I've never seen Vor from their fandom, so... I don't know. 
Vor. <laughs> so anyway, you can use, browse hashtag vor, vor day on Twitter. Which is funny because the date is uh, is 8.08. So I kind of figured it would be 8.08 day. Um, 808 drum machine music day. But nobody seems to... Well, I did see a few tweets about that. Next in the roundup, uh, there is a furry convention in Shanghai now. Um, and it is called the Shanghai Summer Furry Festival. Or at least that's the English translation. Um, and there's lots of awesome fursuiters. A lot of, a lot of them in kimono style. But there's uh, a few regular ones as well. And um, Alistair Wolf was tweeting... A bunch of those photos, which is pretty awesome. But I guess they uh, had a lot of fun. It's pretty cool. Next in the roundup, uh, we talked about this last week about uh, Patreon's whole thing. They might not be in as much trouble as we thought, although they are going to have to pay quite a lot of money. Uh, but I do have a video about that um, on, where a guy actually kind of breaks it down and talks about it. And so I'll have that linked in the roundup. This one from Mike Cernovich. Patreon loses lawsuit against Owen Benjamin fans. As reported on Cernovich.com, today a trial court denied Patreon's motion for a preliminary injunction. Patreon lost their lawsuit in court and must not proceed to arbitration. I'm uh, pretty sure that he means Patreon must now proceed to arbitration. The report goes on to summarize that Patreon originally banned a comedian by the name of Owen Benjamin. Benjamin's backers moved for arbitration, alleging various causes of action. Under Patreon's dispute resolution clause and its terms of service, Patreon must pay the filing fees, which could total millions of dollars. So, uh, yeah, it's definitely an interesting case. Uh, it doesn't seem to be setting any sort of precedent at all um, about, like, banning people from platforms because a lot of people were worried about that, like, whenever there's a, a court ruling. Um, it doesn't seem to be that. It just seems to be that Patreon fucked up on their terms of service when it comes to arbitration clause, uh, and they are getting a huge slap on their wrist for it, essentially. Um, either way, uh, the thing that they actually did to cause all this was effectively their right. They just need to pay to settle all of the cases. Um, so it'll be interesting. Next, Telegram uh, files an EU antitrust complaint against the Apple App Store. Uh, this is just typical ongoing story with the Apple App Store and how restrictive they are with apps. Uh, I guess Telegram really doesn't like it, although some of it is admittedly Telegram's fault, uh, particularly their failure to integrate with a lot of uh, accessibility features and a couple of other policies that they are breaking that leads to issues. Uh, and of course, Duroff is always going on rants about that, but that was an interesting story. Next, Fernal Equinox uh, has decided to delay hotel openings in 2021 for obvious reasons, COVID, um, but... Yeah, somebody replied, um, it begins. Because I guess now we're going to get to the point where cons are going to start to delay next year. There's already a few cons at the early next year that have canceled, but now it's like... Well, Fernal Equinox is in the mid-March, so I would consider that early in the year. That is kind of early, yeah. But uh, Next, I probably don't need to tell anybody who uses the service this, but as you may or may not know, Google Music is shutting down and is starting that this month. Um, and August begins the four-month Google Music shutdown uh, for Google Play Music. They're transitioning over to... I don't even know what it is. YouTube? YouTube Music, I think. I, I'm not really sure. Uh, either way, um, we do have hundreds of subscribers to this show on Google Play Music. Um, we have a lot more like on Spotify, and we have thousands on just like our actual RSS feed. But 
on Google Play Music, we got like a couple hundred people. Um, first of all, uh, I'm sorry your platform's going away. I know that sucks. Second of all, uh, there are many, many much better free podcast apps out there. I know it's convenient to have everything in one app, but highly recommend Pocket Cast. Uh, Overcast on iOS is great. Um, there's so many options. Uh, just, yeah, it sucks, but for podcasts, you know, hopefully we don't lose too many people over that. Next in the roundup, uh, we've said this for a long time, a lot of people have said this for a long time, that The Matrix was intended to be a story about being trans. Uh, well, finally, uh, Lily Wachowski confirmed it. Um, and so 21 years after The Matrix was released. Wait, has it always been speculative? It was always speculative, yeah. Yeah, oh, despite well. all the hints yeah. and all the things in the movie. I mean, all the references from, uh, you know, dead name versus given name mm -hmm. by the machines, the escaping world, the like becoming a new identity, yeah. uh, the end of the movie where the camera goes through the giant letters M and F, um, all these different little hints that were in the movie. Um, it was always like a, a speculative thing. Um, but they finally confirmed it 21 years later and basically said that, that not only um, was it intended to be uh, a movie about that, but... Throughout the entire production process of The Matrix, uh, they were just incredibly frustrated and angry because every little thing they tried to do to hint at it was getting cut by the production companies um, as they were trying to direct the movie. And so they were, there was just like this rage building up in them over all of that. And obviously Matrix still a successful movie um, and still did a lot of things, I think, influenced people in some positive ways in that regard. But, um, but yeah, there's an article on Gizmodo. Uh, and then we've also got a uh, big tweet thread from Netflix um, going into all of the details on it, um, all the different scenes. Uh, even the red pill was a reference to estrogen pills um, and all kinds of stuff like that. Um, and they also have an interview with uh, Lily. Hello, Lily Wachowski here. I'm glad that people are talking about the movies, um, the Matrix movies, uh, with a trans narrative. I love that uh, the how um, how meaningful those films are to trans people and the way that they come up to me and say, "This these movies saved my life." Because when you talk about transformation, specifically in the world of science fiction, which is just about imagination, it's like and world building and like the idea of the Im seemingly impossible becoming possible, I think is like, that's why it speaks to them so much. And um, I'm grateful that I can be a part, throwing them a rope to help them along their journey. So uh, yeah, awesome interview with Lily that you guys can check out on uh, Netflix's, or Netflix film Twitter, and we'll have that linked. Next, VRChat. Uh, we're going to get into virtual stuff now. Uh, they, I actually meant to talk about this later. You know, actually, we'll get back to that in a minute. I want to jump into that later in the roundup. Uh, first, um, this is for later. Oh, as well? I guess it is all. You know what it is? I Wait, forgot. I forgot I, to move all this stuff over. What? What's up? Furry metal is the next. Yeah, we were going to do. Well, f uh, we'll jump into this one first. Um, how do you pronounce this? Ergetsko. Ergetsko. I don't know. Season three uh, trailer is out on Netflix. Speaking I can't of Netflix, get hurt anymore. I'm no one special in the grand scheme. Of <laughs> She's playing VR. Live with my feet on the ground. Ten more seconds, yeah. That's all I'm asking for. Yeah. 
So uh, a lot of people really like this show. It's a uh, unique anime on Netflix. Now, when it first came out and was popular back a few years ago, yeah. uh, all the furries were talking about it. About it, And it's like, uh, it's not really furry. It's more so like just cute Japanese anime characters. And I refused to watch it for the first four or five months right. of it. And I just, you know what? I, just, I said, I'm going to watch it. Just just one episode. And I watched the entire season in one sitting. Really? Yeah. It's good. But I don't know if it's worth the hype. But it was good. But I, I don't think it's something that you would personally enjoy. I, yeah, I tried it. It's not my type of show. And it's a but... little culturally remote for it, you in, as in well. Incredibly well done, though. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, it was just uh, it was neat. Speaking of uh, heavy metal uh, and people who are into heavy metal, um, on Riff Shop's YouTube channel, they came out with a video called Furry Metal. Well, I've got a boner for my fashona. Oh, that musky husky loves to hear. And it's very cringy on purpose. I just want to get to get to the metal part. <laughs> it goes on and on. But it's uh, it's on Riff Shop's YouTube channel, so you can check that. <laughs> it was a bunch of furries in which area, which region is this? Was this shot in? I believe it's the uh, West Coast, Canada. Okay. No. Next, uh, you probably don't need me to tell you, um, but the angry orange uh, asshole uh, is um, going to prohibit business uh, by ByteDance in the U.S. beginning uh, September twentieth, unless the TikTok platform is sold. Uh, now, first of all, I'd actually like to apologize because last week I had confused ByteDance and Tencent. I meant to say ByteDance the whole time, and for whatever reason, I was saying Tencent, and I'm sorry about that. Um, so ByteDance is the company that owns TikTok as well as WeChat. Um, if you haven't heard of WeChat, it's sort of like a WhatsApp or like a Facebook Messenger, but it's very popular in China, particularly because it also has WePay integrated with it, which is a very popular way to send money digitally, um, especially in China, and also send money to people who are uh, overseas. Um, so like ex- like if you're an exchange student and stuff, a lot of times like that's the way you'll receive money is over WePay. Um, and apparently ByteDance entirely will not be able to conduct business in the U.S., no one's quite sure how exactly that's going to work or if it's even legal. Um, so it might get struck down by a court, probably. Um, and uh, apparently they were not very clear about whether they were going to also ban Tencent from conducting business. But I believe it's been confirmed now that Tencent will not be banned from conducting business. Tencent, by the way, is a uh, really large conglomerate firm uh, out of Beijing. They are kind of like an EA and a Viacom and is it just EA and Viacom maybe had sex uh, and then made a giant evil corporation that owns like every game company ever. Um, They have like huge stakes in a lot of companies, particularly Epic Games, I believe. No, no, was it Epic Games? Epic Game owns... I think it might have been that from Fortnite. For, they they have Fortnite and they have PUBG. Oh, and it, um, it might be Riot. Are, I think it's Riot. Riot is Tencent. 
That right, is Tencent. Tencent. That's yeah. what I meant to say. Oh, okay. Okay, it wasn't Epic. Yeah. I think they own a stake in Epic. Um, I'm not really sure. Either way, whole fucking thing is a mess. Nobody knows how it's going to go. It probably won't happen anyway. Uh, meanwhile, there are rumors circulating right now that Twitter might be buying um, TikTok. Um, there was also was rumors that there were rumors about Microsoft as well, although I think that wasn't quite confirmed. Um, but either way, it's kind of a mess. Uh, TikTok, in particular, does not have a good track record with their privacy policy. Um, and ByteDance, in particular, also does not have a good track record just with user privacy in general. Some of that is because they're located in China. But honestly, a lot of it is just general social media malpractice with the way the app is designed um, and the way they handle disputes and the way they handle moderation. Um, and they've done, they've promised all kinds of things to get more staffers and to review things better. It's similar to like all the shit Facebook goes through. Um, but uh, yeah, so that's a thing. Have fun with that, Angry Orange. Okay, now we can talk about VR. Next in the roundup, Avatars 3.0 on VR chat. Um, so this is... Uh, a new action menu that you can use in VR Chat with their little directional pad on your VR controller, or um, you can do this with your mouse if you're just playing on your computer. Um, and you have all kinds of gestures. You can control your tail. Uh, you can like mix expressions and stuff Whoa. like that. Whoa. Yeah. It's really neat. Uh, I got to try one of them last night, um, one of the like demo avatars that they made. Now, uh, avatars have to be specifically made for this 3.0 SDK. Um, Trying to convert can cause issues. Oh, there's also a new AFK mode as well, which seems really cool. You missed it, Maruski, but I'll show it to you again in just a second. There's a um, there's a new AFK mode where you'll like sort of fizzle out and fizzle back in. So like when you take off your uh, VR headset, mm. which is normally a, like super awkward. Um, but yeah, there's all kinds of stuff. Uh, they are also considering all kinds of interesting stuff. Let me find it here. Aha. Some last bits. Avatar 3.0 is a brand new framework, yada, yada, yada. Although we don't have a time frame for the release of these things, though, here's some ideas we've been thinking about internally. Avatar to avatar signals, world to avatar and avatar to world signals, avatar to PC signals, so you could use a MIDI or OSC controller to control your avatar, uh, dedicated self-collision system, and avatar to avatar collisions. That is fucking huge that means okay so on a lot of avatars if you like reach up and touch your ears they'll like flop but other people can't do that to you but now other people will actually be able to touch your avatar and affect it so they can like pet your ears and your ears will like flop as they pet them or whatever or people can touch your tail or grab your tail and move it around or stroke you off yeah or yeah you probably could program that in actually yeah and like <laughs> so all right, I, I hope by inducing collision, you can induce vibration on the other player's remote. On the other controller? Yeah, on the know. other controller. Yeah. So, like, you know, so that it indicates you're touching specific body parts. Yeah. Such as not. And by the way, this is not uh, in the 3.0 SDK. They're just mentioning that this is like an upcoming feature that they're thinking about and working on. So really hope they do that because that will be uh, really, really awesome to see all the different forms of control. Next, uh, speaking of uh, how to get into VR, for anybody who hasn't tried it yet, uh, Foofy on YouTube, who has a fantastic YouTube channel, 
made a video uh, with Hayu's help as well, talking about how to get started in VR chat. Virtual reality, the beautiful game where you can be your persona self at all times, hang with furry friends in a virtual existence, and have a jolly good time despite the horrible circumstances currently making you unable to go outside. I want to start off quick by mentioning when I say furry virtual reality, I really mean the game VR chat played with a VR headset on. VR chat is a free to play game on Steam that can run on almost any computer. You don't need a VR headset to be able to play VR chat, but what makes the game special is obviously the full experience you get by strapping on a headset, entering the virtual world, and being able to move around as your very own persona. Today I'm here to tell you how you can join the world of furry VR. I've seen ridiculous comments saying you need to spend thousands and thousands of dollars in order to be able to play, but this simply isn't true. The VR equipment I used to make this video, for example, only cost me $300. And if you so it uh, goes on and on to talk about all the different headsets, the advantages, the disadvantages, where to find them, how to get avatars, how to find worlds, how to find people, how to go around, how to use the controls, everything uh, in an 11 minute video. And it's Foofy and it's really cute and it's happy and uh, Foofy's awesome. Um, but shout out to both Foofy as well as Hayu. Uh, I talked about my interview with Hayu recently. Um, he's one of the level designers behind Virtual Furns. Well, he's, I guess, the lead 3D model designer, but um, they're pouring a ton of work into that. And speaking of that, actually... We'll get to that in just a second. Speaking of virtual conventions, there is a uh, another virtual convention. We've been talking about a ton of these, um, but this one uh, just got announced. It's called OtherCon. It's going to be uh, August 14th to the 16th, and it is for other Canontherians, um, of which I don't know much about where that community generally hangs out, but either way, that might be a cool uh, con to join and be a part of, a little virtual con. I don't even know how they're doing it. I don't know if it's VR chat actually. It might be something else. I don't know. We'll find out. But either way, um, we'll have links to other con in the show notes. Anyway, so virtual ferns. We got to talk about this. They made virtual lobby hotel elevators in virtual ferns. It is ridiculous <laughs> it's actually a fully programmed system running on the back end where you have to not only call an elevator and wait for an elevator but the elevators are tracked across uh anybody using them in the world so um you might actually have to get on an elevator and wait with somebody um you might have to uh you know the elevators actually break sometimes which is really funny um, but they're going for like an ultra level of realism. That's actually the program running in the back end that runs the elevators there on screen. That fucking elevator music. I hope it doesn't take a lot of CPU power. <laughs> I don't. Because my, my it's, VR crashes. It's written in, uh, in U sharp, uh, which is the like, it's basically C sharp. Um, so I would hope it doesn't take too much memory. Although I think it has to keep track of every instance of the world that's running. Um, Every so, single instance. I don't think they can communicate between instances. No, 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 no. It, the elevators aren't shared between instances. Okay. But the script runs for each instance. So, for instance, when you boot uh, up okay. a private world, right. even if it's just you and your friends yeah. privately, you and one other person, that script still has to run in the back end to make the elevators work in that instance because right. the world is programmed to talk to a server out on the internet that's actually taking care of the elevators okay but uh we've got um so 3d modeling by hayu uh programming logic by rimano rimaho chan i don't know how to pronounce their name uh let's see notfish6 did some of the programming and they also got sound recording and i have a photo of this 
They actually took small diaphragm condenser microphones they, and went through the hotel and recorded the sound of the toilet, the sound of buttons on the wall, the sound of the elevator doors closing, uh, this like every sound in every room and button and switch and light in that hotel. They have accurate recordings of it. Welcome the to the Estrell elevators. <laughs> this Estrell elevator is cursed. Oh my fucking god! <laughs> it's it's <laughs> <a> scary. <laughs> it's our chance to escape. No, it went up instead of down. So apparently, uh, the elevators in the Estrell Hotel in Berlin uh, are just known for being really shitty. Um, and, uh, it's actually great. There, there's already in one of the levels, when you go up to the elevator, if you create a private instance, there's a sign that says, dear hotel guest, this elevator is currently out of order. <laughs> it's like, people are just like, Jesus Christ, this is so realistic. <laughs> what if for the sake of realism, they added a random number generator that makes, makes the elevator stop or crash in one in a million chances? <laughs> I don't know. But either way, uh, they've also got key cards. And hotel rooms set up that you can go in. <laughs> so you can actually, like, go and... you can, Oh, yeah, you can kick the door open, which is pretty funny. And if you slam the door, it actually sounds like the door in the hotel is slamming, too. Which is pretty great. That's them testing all the ways to open the door. But, yeah. Um, and you can also lock your hotel room door. And you get your own hotel room per an instance that you sign into. Um, well, that was when it was bugged out. They were saying, yeah, the... Hotel room doors are broken in this version, but th that's since been fixed. It is just ridiculous. Um, and uh, if I show replies here, I actually replied to them and I said, are you going to have a virtual reg line that you have to wait in for two hours while virtual badge printers break? If you want to make this as realistic as possible, a smooth registration process is going to ruin my furry con immersion. <laughs> and they actually replied and said, fun fact about that, we do have a room booking system uh, but there is a chance that you might not be able to get one due to a technical limitation, which I suppose adds a bit of realism. <laughs> Stupid. Uh, just... I had a few friends that were like, cool, but why though? And it's like, because there's fuck all else to do right now. And it's funny. And honestly... Shout out to TC Fox. Uh, I hung out with him in VR chat and we were just like in the lobby trying to figure out how to register a room and we were running around like, oh shit, no, go back to the front desk and then go over here. And then he's like, oh shit, we just missed the elevator. And I was like, wow, this is such a realistic con experience. Um, and then I went, we went to a public instance and there was just a line of people waiting for the elevator and I'm like, <sighs> you nailed it, virtual ferns, you nailed it. Um... And that's really what it was, is it's fun. Um, and meanwhile, uh, there were a bunch of people working on 3D modeling, but the person who programmed the elevator, it was just for, it was a separate from that project programming. It's not really tied to the 3D modeling stuff as much, so. Um, but yeah, um, they have plenty more that they're adding and doing and testing out, so definitely check out Virtual Furnace on VRChat. <laughs> it's so stupid. <laughs> Uh, and then the last thing was, uh, I, I, this is just out of order, but the Avatars 3.0 thing, I have a, a link to the Steam news page for that. And that's it. That's the end of the roundup. Oh, yeah. And phone lines are open, by the way, if people want to call in.
I will uh, make the graphics say that. Uh, we'll do some live calls before we actually, even before we go on a break, because we're only uh, just under 30 minutes in, so. But yeah, um, how is your, so you've been trying the full body tracking with the... Oh, yeah, so I've, I've been just trying the demo version of the full body tracking. I do have the devices, physical devices, that allows me to do the full body tracking. So you're not using the Vive tracker, right? You're using Nuh -uh. the... So my current system is Quest, uh, Oculus Quest, which does a tracking by IR sensors at the front of the headset and IR transmitter on the remote. It doesn't have Lighthouse. It doesn't use Lighthouse like yours. Yeah, so is... it, the Vive has a whole room tracking system, right. whereas the Oculus is what's called inside-out tracking. Mm. So the headset has some cameras on it, and it uses those to track. The problem is that they can't necessarily see everything. No, like if you had a tracker on your leg, it wouldn't be able to see it because its range of view is not wide enough to see your feet. However, if you connect a uh, Xbox Connect uh, cameras to your PC and install a driver for it, you will you can use the uh, body tracking system on the Xbox Connect um, and hook it up to Steam and make the Steam VR think that it's an Oculus, not Oculus, a uh, haptic full body tracking system. Huh, okay. Yeah. So it like inject it like pretends to be one of the Vive trackers or yes. something? And it like injects the data in or something? That's yep. interesting. Yeah. How does it know which leg is which? That is like a little if tricky. Around. If you if you turn around, it doesn't know. So there's a trick around it. You wrap a orange strap or actually any color. For me, I, I wrap an orange strap around my left leg and I wrap a green strap around my right leg. Okay. And if I turn around by looking at the color it can tell, okay, he turned around because now the orange is on the right side and the green's on the left side. Yeah. But then even if you have... So the, so the whole way that the Xbox Connect works, right, is it was the whole, like, stereoscopic yeah. 3D view. Mm -hmm. But that's only coming from one perspective in the room, whereas you're moving around in full 3D space. Yes. So I feel like that's accurate if you're in a certain position, but then less accurate if you're in other positions. Yes, if I'm if I'm 180 degrees turned around from the Xbox Connect, it can detect me quite well because it has a full view, full back view of my body. Whereas if I turn 90 degrees away from the Xbox Connect, it can only see half of my body. So it it sometimes glitches out. However, uh, there's a new update coming in a couple weeks that allows you to use two Xbox Connects, one fr uh, facing you and one On facing side? your side. Oh, yeah. okay. So you always so you have have ha uh, your front and side tracking. So I actually have a weird concern about that. What? The bandwidth on the USB bus. Hmm. Well, because you... because well, I mean, depending depending on how many USB controllers you have. Because the thing you got to be careful about with USB, so I would assume that the Connect is effectively a webcam, right? It's sending a webcam stream to the computer. It, it's got no. multiple. It's multiple, though, right? I, I think it's more than that. I think Connect streams more. You need Microsoft Connect SDK in order to run it, and I think what it receives is not only the just your regular camera footage, but it also sends the lot. Um, a bunch of like spatial information. Spatial or information. It also has something called lightness, and I think it just means luminance. Okay. 
So that's how it detects the color band, because my color band that I wrap around my leg has LED strips around it. Okay. That's how it is able to detect orange object in my room from the orange strap around my leg. And does it use like infrared or anything like that? It either? does use infrared. Ooh, then you got to be careful with uh, um, emissiveness on surfaces, I assume, then. Because they could kind of fuck it up. Like if you have a, yes. if you have like a reflective surface or an emissive surface, that could. Because I mean, because the thing that concerns me is okay. So you've got two connects, which are a, a webcam or more worth of bandwidth, right? Mm-hmm. So a webcam is like an H.264 video stream that it's just piping over USB. Mm-hmm. But you've got both of those, mm-hmm. and you've got the tracking for the VR headset. Mm-hmm. And because you've got the Quest, yeah. you're also shoving a compressed video data stream over the USB 3.1 right. connection over the USB C port. So that's a lot of USB that bandwidth for a computer. Like, it almost makes me wonder if, like, to avoid glitchiness, you'd have to have, like, a separate... I mean, it might depend Controller. on just the computer. Because uh, the Quest itself uses about 500 megabits per second. And um, the Kinect, I don't know how much it uses, but it probably uses a lot. How much does a webcam use it? Uh, usually, like, a megabit or two. It's not, like, terrible. But it's just, if you have that and the headset and another one... Mm. That's a lot to keep track of, you know, like, I don't know. Can you search it up? How much Xbox Connect uses? Well, I'm not, I'm not, I don't need to know the exact bandwidth number. I'm just concerned that that many devices would cause an issue, but I don't mm. know, maybe it won't, maybe it won't. Well, to the PC, it only sees three devices, two Xbox Connects and one Quest. I don't think that that's terribly bad. Yeah, I suppose it's not too bad, yeah. That's interesting. It's still gimmicky. That's why I don't use full body tracking yet. And my room's not that big. Yeah. It needs about 1.2 meters uh, distance between the camera and the user. But if I step back a meter and a half away from the camera, I'm mm-hmm. almost hitting the wall. Well, some people in chat are making the comment that it's also the load on the CPU. Because that's the problem that you have right now is that... Because particularly, as far as I'm aware with the Oculus, so... Although USB-C can do, like, the connector can do DisplayPort driven by, like, a graphics card where you just have a frame buffer and you output it. Mm-hmm. With something like a Quest, as far as I'm aware, don't quote me on this, I'm pretty sure what it does is it actually receives a compressed video data stream. Now, it's a very inefficient codec, so it probably uses a lot of bandwidth, which mm-hmm. is fine. So it doesn't use that much CPU. But it's still a video compression scheme that your CPU has to handle in order to shove it over the cable to the headset. Yeah. That's on top of now all the tracking. So now you've got two of those, plus it has to compute the tracking data, plus it has to compute whatever it needs to to inject it into Steam VR, plus you have the game, plus you have the VR runtime yeah. that's doing all that. So it's like, that's a lot of shit to keep up with. Mm-hmm. For a computer. That's why I still don't use it, because it does crash my game every 15 minutes or so. With if, with that type of tracking. Yeah, with yeah. that kind of tracking. Whereas with the Heptic... Uh, what, what's the model they use again? Hmm? Uh, yours. Lighthouse? Yeah, the Lighthouse. Um, how is the Lighthouse done? Is is it done so, on the PC itself, or is does the Lighthouse itself have a... Some sort so of processing unit in it. The lighthouses are a completely independently clocked system. So the lighthouses talk to each other, right. and then they sync up, and then they provide tracking information, and they just blast it out into the room. And the way they do that was with motors that are spinning at a very specific rate that put waves of lasers, and we don't need to get into those details. But they just blast tracking info, almost like GPS, 
kind mm, of okay. type of thing. Similar to like how a GPS works. Right, right. So any device that wants to can use that information to gather its own tracking information, but they're completely independent. So for instance, you could actually have two people playing VR on two different computers using the same lighthouses. Right. So it scales up much better. Um, and and as a remote, like if you were a remote, the, the controller, mm-hmm. the data you're receiving is literally XYZ coordinate. And yeah, else. and the controller determines its own XYZ coordinates oftentimes. Like, it, it knows based on the data it receives. And then it just beams those coordinates over, I think, Bluetooth. Mm. I think it's Bluetooth. It might be something proprietary right. um, to the headset. Um, and then that just spits over USB, over um, human interface device to the computer. Similar to, like, how a mouse would just send XY coordinate, like, you know, right. moving coordinates. Um, so that's why the latency is low on that, because your computer doesn't really have to handle figuring out where you are. Mm-hmm. That's all done in on the headset. The headset just says, here's my coordinates, they're moving. Mm-hmm. Um, now, of course, the computer has to render the game, and then the game engine has to spit that onto the VR runtime, and then the VR runtime actually maps it into like a warped 3D view. And then the other thing that the VR runtime helps with is um, if the game engine lags, uh, the computer will let it lag, but then what it'll do is it'll, it'll take the frozen... So your game's frozen, right? right? It'll take that frozen frame and it will reproject it onto your VR headset as you move at the correct frame rate. So the game is frozen, but you'll notice you can still like move around a little bit. Yeah. Um, and like you know, people's avatars will be like frozen or whatever. Like it won't move, but mm. the tracking still moves. And the reason for that is to prevent motion sickness. Right. So the VR runtime and the game engine are two separate part parts of the pipeline. But yeah, it's um. But it's neat. Best bet is run uh, USB 3.1 card over PCI. Yeah, so Harry, who uh, is talking about that. By the way, phone lines are open, by the way, if anybody wants to call in. We'll take some uh, calls if anybody wants to. And as for me, I sacrificed the, well, frame rate, one, and bandwidth, two, and uh, the other thing that it lacks compared to your device. Hmm. In terms of the vibe, the optics and the resolution are about the same. Um, you gained portability. Yeah, I gained um, portability. Oh, uh, you lost uh, frame rate. Is that about it? I think that... Yeah. Well, yeah. and I have to use my CPU a heck of a lot more. A little bit more. I think the Vive would still put just as much. Most uh, of the load is probably the game. And uh, by the way, VR Chat is very badly optimized. It's like single core, I think. What? Yeah, a lot of the computation is done on a single core. I think some of the the Unity parts of it are done on multi-core, but yeah. as far as I'm aware, a lot of the um, like piping it into the VR runtime and a lot of the other the stuff that's unique to VR chat, like the communication, is all done yeah. on a single core. Why are some good and popular things terribly designed, like fur affinity <laughs> <laughs> or VR you're, chat? You're second asking life. The, the golden question here, you know. <laughs> That's uh, that's the million dollar question right there. Sorry, Dragonier. <laughs> well, Dragonier just inherited it. Uh, oh, I mean, you could you could possibly blame Dragonier for neglect, I guess, but you can't. Dragonier isn't the main reason that it's okay. Yeah, still love the site. Um, yeah, it's just been interesting to to get into it because it's like VR chat is like. It's half really rewarding 
because it's like, oh my God, I'm like hanging out with these friends. Like we're just chilling on a bed in a hotel room, like, you know, whatever be. And like, I, I joined a private instance with some of my friends and like, we were being lewd yeah. and like, we were pretending to suck each other's dicks and stuff. <laughs> and, and it was really fun. But then on the other hand, it was like really frustrating because it was like, okay, but now I'm doing what I would do that makes me happy because I get to touch these people yeah. because they are my friends because I love them because I'm close to them but you fucking can't <laughs> and so it's like I went into VR chat thinking I wish this was more lewd and I feel like I have left playing VR chat going you know I really don't want it to be lewd because it's really frustrating it is comical when I try to be lewd with my lewd character it's like okay I'm gonna move my hip Wait, I can't move my hip. I'm going to step forward. I'm going to, I'm going to step back. <laughs> step forward. forward. Yeah. <laughs> I'm step back. It's like, it's not hot at all. Yeah. I don't know. It's just... Um, and so I, I downloaded um, Second Life again um, to try to hop on because I hadn't been on in like probably six years or so. And I signed up for Second Life probably 11 years ago. Uh, I think No, not 11. I'm sorry. I think it was nine years ago I signed up for Second Life. Gee. Yeah. Um, and it was interesting because the people who use Second Life now primarily use it purely for communication and socializing. There is like like GYC, the gay yif club is still around and mm. you can still like hang out there. Yeah. But it's like it seemed like most of it was just people who kind of already knew each other and they were there to chat and voice chat and that was it. Yeah. Um it was a lot less like like when you go on VR chat it's just crazy random shit like everybody's trying things and hey have you seen this? Hey have you seen this? And and it's like everybody's switching avatars every 2 seconds. <laughs> Whereas second life it was just like everybody's just kind of standing there. And then there's like a little bit of chatting and it's like and obviously, you know, it depends on which part of there are still people who play second life very religiously and there are still people who make money on second life um but it, it was just interesting comparing the two mindsets of like um like the way that second life gets lewd in furry world versus yeah. the way vr chat does vr chat is like so much more derpy mm -hmm. is the way that i would describe it and I think Second Life, I, I haven't played Second Life that much, but it there is a bit of, like, predictability, right? Because you either animated it yourself or you asked someone to animate it. So you know what's going to happen by playing the animation. Whereas with VRChat, you, you sort of have to, like, figure it out as you go. Yeah. And I think that adds the element of comedy because there's unpredictability. Yeah, it is fairly... And also, pe random people can show up at random times, yeah. um, which is what happened. Like, you'll just, like, you could just go to a world by yourself, and your friends will just start showing up. Like, oh, hey, saw you online. Joined. <laughs> you know. Um, didn't know S uh, uh, Second Life was profitable. Very. Uh, yeah, they have their own cryptocurrency, sort of. Linden. Linden dollars. Which is kind of weird. I actually logged in and I had like a couple thousand London dollars and I was like, oh boy, I wonder what the value on this is now. And I looked at the conversion rate and it was like, oh, it's worth $8. <laughs> I was like, oh. I went to this Japanese uh, a furry con earlier this morning. Oh, yeah. Uh, a VR furry con, not oh, real VR, life. A VR furry con? Yeah. yeah. What was that like? Um, interesting. I I wanted to learn the, the fandom. I, I can't say furry fandom. Just call it like Andrew fandom. Because they have different standards and different means. Um, it was interesting. They had a lot of Eastern Asian people there from different cultures and different countries. And uh, people were, and a lot of people there were 
multilingual. So there people people were people were tar- talking in three different languages, four different languages, and somehow they all understood each other. Hmm. That's that's actually really cool. Yeah. Yeah. And I got to um, someone said, "Hey, if you ever come by to Japan or if you're in Korea, just hit me up. You know, I can help you." Well, that's really cool. So you got yeah. to talk to. So I okay. So it was like a kimono anthro convention, basically. Yeah. But then people from South Korea and China also joined. Yeah. That's really cool. And they also catered to like people from Korea and China and Taiwan. Oh, okay. Okay, so it was like just a general yeah. East Asian event, or that's all the people who were there anyway. Along with, I imagine some weeaboos, <laughs> <laughs> some people in North America joining. Yeah. I mean, or because like. Well, because what time was it? It was really early in the morning. Uh, Twelve hours ahead. Oh, okay. So they yeah. started from eight to midnight, and it was eight a.m. for us till noon. Okay. Sophos is correcting me that it's not a cryptocurrency; it's just an in-game currency. Yeah, it definitely is. I know by definition it isn't a cryptocurrency, but it was one of the first like virtual currencies I remember that got pretty big mm. at the time. Before the Bitcoin, yeah, and Ethereum. Yeah, I don't know. A second, like, VR chat is like it's still it's still like half overwhelming and half really fun. Yeah, because there's just nothing else going on. I have a friend. I haven't talked to this guy for like months because he's been really busy with work for past year, and he messages me today. Uh, sorry, yesterday. It's like, oh, how have you been? I'm good. I, you know, I've been laid off. It's like, oh, me too. It's like and uh talk about relationships and like you know life and he said he out of the blue says um i'm gender fluid now it's like oh really and i didn't want i wanted to be you know understanding and sensitive so i told him i'm also non-binary it's like oh because i never saw you as a person who i like explored the gender identity because he you know he's a big dude right with Afro, it's like we hung around, <laughs> smoked weed, right? You know, drove around, went to bowling alleys, and played video games. Hmm. Did like dude stuff. And it's like, you know, just in a year, what happened? It's like, well, he said, I think the VR changed me. It's like, dude, what? And he said he explored with a variety of characters that he customized, mm-hmm. and he custom he played around with his like old female characters, and he realize that he enjoys it when people call him like princess or girl or cutie and that's awesome yeah and it's like well are you going trans then as i asked but he said no he's just going non-binary and he loves the idea of being able to switch genders and you know yeah feel um it's, it's a good identity exploring tool if you use it right but i think i can't yeah, I mean, I think for me, I've I've noticed too. Like, there it's one thing to have like uh, gender dysphoria and species dysphoria, because I've got a couple friends who like uh, like I have one friend who's like severe like gender and species dysphoria. So VR chat's been very helpful for them. Yeah, VR in general. Um, and, and people get like the phantom pets and stuff. Like, yeah. trust me, when you're in VR and you get pet, it is amazing. Because <laughs> somebody comes over to you and is just like, "Hi." It is frustrating. And it's like, though. Ah! It is frustrating. <laughs> it is frustrating. It's frustrating, but it's awesome. It's like, damn it. Um, but another thing 
is size. Being able to choose your size. Because I feel like a big struggle for a lot of people is how small they are or how big they are, right? Like they're a small person, they want to be man. large. You, you know. baby man. <laughs> You're just a baby. I love that. I love that meme. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, the ability to like be macro or be small. And I know so many people who have like really small avatars. I'm like, oh, that's a cute small avatar. And they're like, oh, I'm always small. And I'm sitting there thinking like, wow, like that's. And one of my friends was like, yeah, that's really meaningful to me. The ability to, like, you know, be shorter than everybody else is, like, something they want. <laughs> I think that's so awesome. Hmm. I don't know. It's like, you know, people's uh, desires and fantasies and identities are always super interesting. Yeah. And I know, like, VRChat, it, I guess part of the reason it's frustrating is that it is so derpy. And yet, at the same time, it is, like, a revolutionary new way of, like, yeah. having a new identity on top of your own identity where you are this thing in 3D space and yeah. you're at your friend's house or whatever yeah. socializing. Um, Isn't it uh, – what's your favorite childhood TV show? Uh, that my French... favorite childhood TV show? Oh, Code Lyoko. Yeah, Code Lyoko. Yeah. Because, yeah. like, wasn't it also about ki these kids going into virtual world and, like, being who they wanted to be? Not exactly, no. Uh, I mean, there was a little bit of that. Like, they did take on slightly different identities, but it was mostly what they wanted to be. Uh, I think Code Lyoko showed that visually, but I don't know if they necessarily talked about it ever. I don't okay. think that was, like, the focus of that show. Right. Um, it was more like they were very casual about it. Like, oh, this is, like, the video game version of ourselves. Okay, bye. Let's go, you know... Save the world. It was okay. like, it was, yeah, they kind of moved on from that pretty quick. Yeah, they never in Code Lyoko. went into the idea of like, oh, new, gen new identity or new gender identity. No, and I mean, it, it was a kids show targeted at like 10-year-olds. Mm -hmm. um, so I think they just weren't, at the time in the era where Code Lyoko came out, I don't think that was something they would, would think about exploring. Yeah. You know, these days I'm sure there are like many modern cartoons, even for very young audiences that can talk about those things. Mm -hmm. But at the time, I don't know if that would really would have gone well. But I'm sure people could argue that. I'm sure there are animes that have done that exploration. Buying a VR to understand how it feels to reach high shelves. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, wow. <laughs> yeah. You can literally do that, though. You know? Get VR and be like, oh. Can you grab me that virtual cookie jar? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it's definitely been a uh, interesting to get into. I do hope that they improve the audio in VR chat because that yeah. is one thing that kind of sucks. I, I I used to use the default speaker on the headset and mm -hmm. default mic on the headset, but it actually echoes within the device. Yeah. When everybody else talks, yeah. so I have to use a headphone. Wow. It's a flaw. You know, if they designed a microphone and speaker to be literally next to each other, they should uh, consider some sort of phasing mm -hmm. to make sure it doesn't echo. But they didn't. Yeah, it says tail simulator. Yeah. Yeah. Um... Yeah, full body tracking is funny because it, sometimes it gets really derpy. Yeah, it's like and, your and it body works, becomes like warped. Yeah, it works well on some avatars, but not on others. Mm. Um, but watching people like go lie down on their couch while they're in VR and they're like floating. 
in VR. They and they're like lying down. Yeah. <laughs> There's all kinds of funny things there too. Yeah. But yeah. <sighs> anyway. Um, all right, well, why don't we go on a quick break, um, mm -hmm. and we'll talk about sponsor stuff. Actually, uh, there's a funny, um, actually, I'll show this in the post show. I won't show it during the podcast because it's a video of, uh, of Pharaoh doing silly stuff. Um, but before we do our Patreon shoutouts, I should mention that Furcast is sponsored by TwinTailCreations.com. You can check them out at TwinTailCreations.com. They make high-quality, durable, carefully made toys and adult products for a reasonable price. They come in all kinds of pretty colors and uh, really interesting custom patterns. You can also ask them to surprise you with really pretty patterns. They'll do one just for you. Uh, you can also get Furcast colorations if for some reason you want the color of our fursona going up your butt. Uh, they ship discreetly. Their labels just say TTC LLC. The credit card transaction, same thing. It's all discreet, so you don't gotta worry about that. They ship internationally, and they ship during the COVID crisis. Um, they're also part of our community, so they're in our chat room. They're regularly hanging out with there. They're degenerates just like you and me. So, um, it's great. They, they're, they're really funny jokester guys, and they're always in our chat room doing ridiculous shit. Um, and, uh, fans are encouraged to reach out as well if, uh, have their experiences or if you want to review it post a review or report a review that'd be great <laughs> can do that can do that in mercast instead of in furcast on our telegram channel um and love is poured into every mold uh and they also have more than just silicone products they have other cute little things like little um harnesses and uh and little cuffs and other naughty things they also have insertables or rather yeah is it insertable it's wearable yeah they have all different kinds of stuff if you fuck it it's penetrable if you oh penetrable thank yeah. you that was what i was looking for they have penetrables on their website as well and you can get up to 20 percent off uh with our coupon code red wolf or the coupon code blue fox and i should probably put up a graphic that says that, which still says 15. Riley's going to kill me because Riley told me to change that, and I didn't. But now, no, there you go, 20. You can see right, right there, there, 20% off. All right. We'll do some Patreon shoutouts, and then uh, we'll continue to just chill out with you guys for maybe a little bit longer. We'll take calls if anybody does want to call in. I know it's a little early. Normally, the callers call in later in the show. But uh, we're just, we're bored. There's nothing going on. So anyway, we'll do uh, Patreon shoutouts. And then we'll be back um, after a quick break. I'll play a little jingle thing. You're listening to Furcast. That was the wrong speed. <laughs> Let's play that at the right speed. You're listening to Furcast. Support for Furcast comes from Patreon users, including Shaman the Photon Wizard, Dexy Wexy, Fayon, Energize the Wolf, Sweetie Darling, Barnaby Fox, Strike the Sergal, Frostblaze, Anu Fox, Omega Zai, Mullock the Generic Brown Wolf, Cypher the Heckmutt, X the Fox, Binary Paws, Zavarkin, Firelion Coyote, Trinity Werefox, Lord Headcheese, Biohazard, Code Yaks, Fox Triple Seven, Fiasco, Red Eye the Rody Red Lion, Tukiri, Lieutenant Fox, Calypso Collie the Fluffy Trucker, Mellow Wolf, Rit the Otter, Doxy, Zoopy the Barcode Kitty, Archaeus the Tiny Tiger, Horse Code Hooves Up, Alta Shep, Meru Snow Mew, 
D Otter, Ski Sharp, Nick Liz, Nerd Hoof, Zenair the Mutt, Nether Lynx, Frost Wolgon, Jeb M16, Static the Scrap Goat, Taru the Yellow Nosed Doggo, Cronass, Jax the Husky, Fuzzy the Fox, No Name Horse, and Gaia Wellen. Additional support comes from social media. Twitter users, Commander Wolf 3, Kazro Fox, Drop Table Foxes, Perp, House Tier, Anti Blue Fox, Onyx Fox 23, BBQ Skunk, Rivik Wolf, John Crescent, Kaz the Dreg, Wolvern 4, Nate Blueberry 13, Bell Platagon, Jared Tamana, Ziv Fox, Cyrus SL, Crossy on Twitter at XSSFox, The Other Commander Wolf on Twitter at ForWolf99, Brother Rat on Twitter at Ratispiritus, Zelig on Twitter at Stealthy Dragon, Trashcat Danny on Twitter at Trash Danny, 12 on Twitter at The Lion Thing, Shua on Twitter at Pulsing Panther, Dakota Winter on Twitter at Dakota Wolf 12, Telegram user Sorcerer Dale, YouTube channel Joe G Bear, and the following websites: MacroWolf.com, Arihu.com, Hack13.me, Superdwarf with Anthrolinks.net, and Devin D Partlet with FurryHockeyLeague.com. Additional support for Furcast comes from Shisha Sheppy, who's a good boy. For head bases and 3D printed goods, commission Tar Paw Studios at Alice Tar on Telegram. Silver Moonshine, maker of fluffy tails. Fisk Games, the new furry YouTuber on the block. At AlecGator300 on Twitter, creating pixel arts and being a filthy hybrid since 2012. Tantru with World in Rue View, providing fandom news since 2015. Honorius, who says, one more cheese joke and someone's getting bored. Spurigs, one of the only Ethiopian wolf degenerates in all of furry land. Scar the Fur on YouTube, giving you bite-sized, detailed furry history. Kilo the Proto-Yote, who says Jesse is the best kitty. Cody Big Cat with Cody's custom auto and truck accessories. Come see us today at 625 East 1st Street in Vidalia, Georgia for all your auto accessory needs. Light and Shadow, the wolves keep furry possum. Patty, who says, what Socks says is true. Socks, who says, what Patty says is not true. A message from at Grundy the Goat. <clears throat> I'm stuck in Folsom prison and time keeps dragging on. Donran, munching those pizzas and writing those tunes. For an invite to the unofficial Furcast Minecraft server, message at Sashahina on Telegram. KobeCats.com. Take a bite out of art. We know you're hungry, so come get your paws and maws on a delicious piece of burger-priced art. Ryko's Furry Fortune Telling on Telegram at Obsidian Fox. Saucy Fox, who says, I'm trash. Raccoons, HMU. Checkers the Dragon. Chess is my safe word. Fishmeister Cod, still not a furry since February 2011. Nightly at snouts.online, who says, I want to see this community grow beyond meets and conventions. Permanent furry commune, when? Max Shepard, who has been watching since the bacon felony. Neonwuff, who says, Oreo is a very good boy. He is a good boy, isn't he?
little underscore sunshine, and Scootaloo with the unofficial XBN Xbox app at patreon.com slash horse apps. For cast's number one wimpy fan, Tyler the Wesky. Shacky, the maid lord of Nordic Fuzzcon. Visit the Maid Cafe at Nordic Fuzzcon in Sweden. Chris Tail on FA, specializing in Tuni art. The Church of Isuar, worshiping links since the year Tuft. Rose Iron Husky, smell those sweet, sweet welds. Skycorp, creating transformative technologies for mature audiences at skycorp.global. Check out the SoCal Shepherd Show wherever you get your podcasts. Disc Cookie, creating procedural beatmaps for VR rhythm games. Karenos, who says, Circles are quite friendly and nice, actually. Tequin, TC Fox, and Kaiwana of the Infrasec Den in Wellington, New Zealand. At Equinox on Twitter, who says, Remember kids, neigh loudly, squeak often. Sylvan Scott, Grey Muzzle, Sorta Rider, and Tabletop Gamer. On Fur Affinity as Sylvan, with size-related stories and other speculative fiction. Shadowclaw Studios. Check out our Facebook page for links to our gaming streams. The Feline Support Alliance. A good kitty is a bitey kitty. Check at Airlines. We always land on our feet. Silver Gatoman at patreon.com slash silvergatoman. Cheetah Paws for a daily dose of bulgy arts. Support him at patreon.com slash cheetahpaws. And a very special, special thanks, thanks to Blaze Fusky and Decibel Fox. Support for Furcast comes through Patreon, PayPal, cash donations, and from listeners like you. To become a patron and learn more about supporting Furcast, visit furcast.fm support. This is XBN. Welcome back. No mal. Smile. No mal. Smile. See, I'm a kind of person who doesn't say no you. I think no you is overused, personally. You think no you is overused? Yeah. Like, there's so many memes around no you. Like, everybody uh, has a sticker pack of, like, uh, Uno card that says... Yeah, the, the, like, the, the reverse thing. Yeah, and it's like, reverse, mm-hmm. no I always you. love those stickers, like, though. When somebody calls you cute and culturally nowadays the appropriate response seems to be no you and it's like i mean you know giving a compliment back to the person who gave the compliment to you is i guess nice you know it's like saying when somebody does something nice to you you say oh no thank you wait no but you know one of those kind of things yeah yeah i i I get what you're saying i think i don't know but i i'm a kind of person who accepts the compliment and says yes me when somebody says, oh, you're cute, I, I will say, yes, me. Do you ever just think that maybe it's because you're a cat? Yes. Me. Okay. <laughs> Glad we got that I'll take that as a compliment. <laughs> you're a cat. Yes, me. You are a cat. Yes. You me. drive me crazy. Yes, I do. Yep. Uh, <sighs> are you you got to get the uh, demand buttons. Oh, no, I don't want to get demand buttons. Yes, you have to. <laughs> He found this YouTube video where, like, a cat has these buttons to press for things that say words. 
Um, and the cat probably half understands it, but it, uh, like there's a button that's just like food, or there's another button that's like mad, and there's another button that's like catnip, and <laughs> and pets. And pet, yeah. There's a pet one. And there's a later button to indicate that, you know, do it later. Yeah. But like, <laughs> the cat's like food want want food and and the and the human presses later and the cat's like mad 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 <laughs> it's a funny video but it's like that, that is basically you yeah yeah so instead of me actually having to say it you can just get buttons yeah so that i know you less I, well i mean that's why you're here is because i feed you sadly i'll have to admit that <laughs> oh my goodness anyway uh phone lines are open if anybody wants to call in um the one other thing that i was thinking to mention tonight is just how fucking overwhelming social media is lately yeah in particular i mean people like to blame twitter and like yeah i'll i'll admit like their algorithm is a bit annoying um and the service is certainly structured in a way that kind of leads people down that path but not even Twitter's fault, like not like independent of all the problems that Twitter has as a platform, people are just nasty to each other lately. Um, like just even directly, like two people are going back and forth communicating. Mm -hmm. And this week there was this whole thread on like, um, do you know say something that'll make you lose your your furry certification or your furry card or whatever? And it was supposed to be a joke, but like tons of people were saying like really negative things. Like you know people were just like, well I think. Fursuits are dumb, and anybody who buys fursuits are dumb. And it's like, whoa! And then there's, like, people had all these hot takes about these things that they like or don't like. And I was like, oh, this is so bad. In contrast to that, I I know this one uh, furry artist who says, what's one thing, one characteristic that makes furry fandom shine? Yeah, there was that thread, which was yeah. nice to see. Because, like, I, I don't know. Ever since... Ever since the uh, start of June, with the whole, um, with the uh, killing of Floyd, yeah, in United States and, of America, and, and also COVID, yeah, COVID w made everybody a little bit nasty. But I think the in just in America, everything like became even hotter after that point of time. So I don't know what, what was I gonna say. Well, I think, um, you know, uh, Make Me Smart, which is a great um, podcast by American Public Media, uh, they had an episode recently. They, they talk about, like, politics and stuff like that. They had an episode recently that was simply titled, It's Okay to Not Be Okay Right Now. Yeah. Because, I mean, shit is falling apart. Like, particularly here with how bad things are, particularly in the South, where New York State's doing okay where we live. But, like... Just between people losing their jobs, not being able to see their friends, events being canceled, um, it's like things well, are falling apart. And it's one of the reasons that, you know, it's like it's okay to feel like shit right now. You shouldn't feel bad about the fact that you feel like shit when the entire world is like falling apart. Like it's the politics is one part of it, you know, the like all the fascist scary shit. But it's also just COVID in general. Um, and uh, I wanted to shout out Hayu. Who had a great um, tweet that said, I think one of the reasons we're more likely to tear each other down is that we feel helpless in our efforts to tear down those in power. So in turn, we tear down those who are less powerful over whom we do have the power. But unlike the people in power, um, 
some people can actually learn. So this is another reminder that when you see somebody you disagree with or hold a grudge, don't let your first instinct be to see the worst in that person. Nobody wants to knowingly be the bad guy. Educate them, understand, uh, well, not ex even if you don't accept their actions. Um, and I kind of agree with that. Like, it's like, even if somebody, and I tried saying recently on like, because I, I, this was like months ago, but I had said on Twitter that like, even people who believe stupid shit usually mean well. Like they don't, Nobody wakes up and says, I want to be the bad guy. They just might believe something that is dumb. But it's like, if you reject that person and if you hate on that person or if you make them feel like shit for it, you're not really solving the problem. You're just making that person turn around and find other equally crazy people like them, potentially. Um, you know, or find the one thing that is good about their argument and use that as a way to isolate themselves from everybody else. Um, but yeah, it's just been intense. Uh, um, what was in my mind? And, oh yeah. So, you know, once in a while I hear or have conversation with someone and I get this uncomfortable feeling and I can't understand why. Because someone said something or something that someone said. And, I, and I get this like very uncomfortable feeling that I want to go against. But I don't understand why. So I think over about it for like a couple days. And look back at like, is it the way I have? What kind of things that I believe in that, you know, reacts to what that person said? Yeah. And, or yeah. I, I review myself before I make any response because I know I can be flawed you know and I'm not perfect I I it's you know it's you got to be understanding that other person means to be well and well intended and I also try to be well intended and but that person may have flaw and I may have flaw so yeah and that's why like you got to be careful punishing people for thought crimes yeah. because it's like, and that's the other thing, like people who have these huge arguments, um, like I'll just, I'll pick one at random, like cub porn is a great example where it's like people will have these huge arguments over it. And meanwhile, it is literally a theoretical argument. No one's actually doing any of it. No one's actually, not, nothing's actually happening, yeah. but people are picking the, and, and people will like fight with people and shit on people and mm. everybody will try to call a person out and say yeah. like this person's a terrible person and you should call it this terrible person without any and it's meanwhile it's literally just a theoretical conversation that people are having yeah. and it doesn't and, and even if somebody does have a bad mindset right because there are definitely unhealthy mindsets and there are definitely really scary things that people believe where it's like well i don't know i don't that's I don't, that's a really bad perspective to have but if you treat people like shit you're gonna lose yeah and I think the other thing that stresses me out, uh, particularly lately, and, and again, like people will try to blame technology or blame Twitter, but it's really, again, Twitter's got problems, but I don't consider this necessarily Twitter's fault. But it's like, I feel like meeting somebody is, it, it, it's it's easier on the internet, um, but, but the process of meeting a person is stressful in general lately because I feel like I have to struggle to learn everything I can about their opinions and they, I'm going to force them to learn everything about my opinions so that I can determine right away if we're compatible. Yeah. And I hate that feeling, but it's like, 
before I follow somebody now, I feel like I have to scroll and 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 then search their name and then other things yeah. to like learn their opinions before I can go, okay, good, this is somebody I would be willing to follow. Because like there are so many things that I'm like either or, are cringy or I don't want it. And it's just And even if I agree with somebody, I would if they are like constantly negative, I just don't wanna interact with that person. Even if it's if they are agreeable and they, if they if they have some same opinion as me when it comes to big things. That, I think, is the other problem with, with like, the call-out culture thing mm. is that, like, I have friends where it's, like, okay, they call out something that I agree with, right? Like, uh, a call-out, they might do, like, a call-out on, like, oh, like, this person is, like, a, like, you know, we, we have evidence that this person's, like, a pedophile or something. And I'm, like, oh, shit, like, that's good that they're bringing that to light. But then because so much of what they do is call-out, I also feel like I'm on edge because what if I'm dumb and just have a dumb opinion about something yeah. and then, or maybe I had a dumb opinion in the past, right? From, you know, five years ago, 10 years ago or whatever, or somebody digs something up that I said that I didn't realize was dumb at the time. And then I'm like, you always have that feeling like you're on edge. Yeah. And to me, like the whole idea of being friends with somebody or being loyal to somebody is that like, if somebody does say something stupid, if one of my friends did turn out to like, let's say, like neo-nazi shit right which would be horrible i would try to sit down with them and i would try to give them the benefit of the doubt i'd be like well wait a minute let's talk about this why do you why are you saying that why do you think this can we can we talk about this can we you know and like even if it's an uncomfortable conversation you can't like I hate feeling like you're on edge with people. Yeah. Right. And I'm not saying I'm a neo-Nazi by any means. Obviously, no. I'm just saying that, like, there's that feeling of being on edge with people. And it's to the point now where when I meet somebody, and even just recently, like, somebody was flirting with me on AD Twitter, and we began messaging each other on Telegram. And very quickly, we got to this conversation of, like, okay, you know what? Let's just blurt out every random fucking controversial fact about ourselves so that we can get it out of the way. Yeah. Because if we don't do that, A, we're wasting time, and B, we might find out that we, like, really... It turns out we actually really agree with each other in almost everything. It was great. And then we got into some really interesting philosophical conversations about mm. deep things. But it was just... And that's... Uh, and I guess if you do want to blame Twitter, one thing you could blame Twitter for is that it's almost impossible to have deep conversations. Yeah, when you're words are limited to 80 characters and in public yeah yeah and i'm i used to blog a lot like uh using google blog system back like 10 years ago yeah and i remember having like paragraphs and paragraphs long you know comments on on a single controversial topic and we would have like you know about few days long paragraphs going back and forth and we would eloquently speak out our minds and have supports and evidences for what we're arguing for. Yeah. And it was very academic. I don't feel that much. You know, I, I in a way it feels like I'm saying, you know, kids nowadays, but I'm, I'm pretty young. Well, I guess there, there's a medium. There's a lot of blogging on media. There's people who still blog today. There's definitely still a thing. Maybe not with Google, but medium. Yeah, the website medium.com. Uh, I don't know what that is, but I should You've look probably it. seen it. it it's okay. a lot of news articles are posted on medium. Uh. Yeah. Yeah, I mean um I think part of the issue too is that 
some of these problems are very complicated and have a deep history, yeah. or have unique case-by-case bases, mm-hmm. and people a lot of times online try to act like things are black and white when mm-hmm. in reality it's it, things are very complicated, or when it's like a very deep human condition problem, people will try to act like are... it, it can just be eliminated, yeah. or like anybody who thinks the other way is like, even if it is bad, right? But it's like, I feel like, you know... I prefer to hang out with people who are socially very liberal, but like I can handle people who are maybe economically not politically aligned with me yeah. a bit. I can handle that a little more. Like if you're not okay with gay people, probably not going to be your friend. But if you like have a different view on economics than me, then I guess I'm okay with it. But then I sit here and I think, well, why am I okay with that? Well, I'll tell you why. Because I barely understand economics and chances are that person barely understands economics. <laughs> and it's so far above our head that you realize that their opinion on it, my opinion on it, and their opinion on it are effectively probably harmless. Mm. And even more so, they're so multifaceted and complicated that probably neither of us are right. And that's why having a view that is just, this is the way it should be done um, on almost anything is... You can't really say that, but Twitter would make would lead you to believe that it is because yeah. everything is short and everything is concise and everything mm-hmm. is call out this person, look what they said, yeah. this is their opinion, as if it is a black and white thing, regardless of what it is. Mm. Um, and you know, people that you you have those controversial conversation with don't stick around in your life that long. They'll you'll just interact with them for 30 seconds on the comment section and they'll just disappear. Whereas if I have a controversial topic with my friends or neighbors, they're going to be around for a really long time. So, you know, today I will say, you know, you're fucking wrong. And I will think over about it for a week and say, you know what? You know, there are things that I agree with you. Yeah. There's things you agree and things you, yeah. Yeah. And that way you can find some sort of medium or some sort of point where both of you guys can agree on and find some solution. Whereas with things like Twitter, I think that's it's a little like harder. Not the, not the place for it kind of thing. Yeah. Where it's like, hey, I'd love to discuss this with you in more detail later, but yeah. not now. Not here. Yeah. yeah. Also, hi, we have uh, Jesse on the line. <gasps> Cat! Yeah, hi. Cat! Hey, how's it going? Lamau, one sec. Let me just switch over to... Okay, you, you can hear me fine? Yeah, we can hear. We can hear you. Okay, you sound. I mean, you're, you sound okay, like cool. you're meowing a lot. You sound like a cat, but no, no, and that's why I'm calling. I'm like, listen, I get you know social commentary. Everybody losing their shit. No, this is the important stuff. I got you know. It sounds sounds great. You're missing, and you missed, and you completely glossed over the most important story of the week. I depend on Furcast for uh, reputable fandom news, and you missed the biggest story of the week. How I I don't know how you guys have the gall to do that. It's International Cat Day, and you didn't say a damn thing. <gasps> Paradox. What? Feed me. How, how could you? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. Um, but, yeah, well, good to talk to you, Jesse. But, yeah, we, we were just wow. talking. Wow. Wow. Okay, sorry. No. Um, but, yeah, we, we were just talking about how, uh, how fucking stressful, like, not just, I mean, people want to say social media, right? And we want to blame Twitter, but like just in general, like I feel like it's almost hard to meet people because it's like when I meet somebody, I think, oh, fuck, now I got to learn all this guy's opinions and he's got to learn all my opinions. Fuck. You know, and it's like, ah, it's just, I don't know it, how to. Well, it's all holistic. Like it, everyone's on edge. 
that filters down to everything, including how you meet people. Can you trust this person? Do you want to trust this person? Is it going to make you more vulnerable and lead to risk later if I trust and or put in the effort to meeting this person? And I'm so tired because of all this BS. Do I want to spend the time to meet this person who might end up stabbing me in the back? Like, yeah, these stabbing, aren't necessarily stabbing me in the back things for like, staying, yeah, but, yeah. But it's stuff where at the back of our heads is in there, you know? Yeah. Well, and a lot of people who believe unhealthy things probably could be fully educated into why, right? Because it's like whenever somebody believes something, it's like it depends on the level of crazy, right? If someone's going to believe the earth is flat, then good luck. But um, even then, it's like there are so many things that you can say to a person where it's like, oh, well, hey, have you have you read this? Well, actually, hey, there's a whole book on this. Well, actually, hey, there's here's an article. And I, I know that like it would be exhausting to do that for everyone on the internet who has a dumb opinion. But there, there does come a point where to do with... I want my because... friends, when I believe something dumb, to come up to me and be like, hey, dude, step over here for a second. Hey, just so you know, I know this is your opinion, but you should probably read this. It, it would probably change your mind. And here's why people think that's unhealthy. And, you know, send you on your way. And if somebody did that to me, I'd be like, wow, this person cares about how I think. And they care about the fact that I had a dumb opinion. And they don't want me to have a dumb opinion. Um, and then we all end up more informed in the end. And then I might spread that to another person. And then because I know people who shared my dumb opinion, I might be able to be like, hey, guys, this guy just led me into this really interesting book that actually, uh, you know, that's ideally how things work. But it so so that and I agree. And I think, you know, furry crowd. Absolutely. I think most of us are on board with that um, because we are. Um, I don't want to generalize, but I think we tend to think of, think of ourselves and hope we are more logical, rational people, even if we, we aren't necessarily, but we believe we are, by and large. Um, oh, I know I'm I dumb. Think what, <laughs> no, That's why it takes me a week to think about things. Pets, pets, pets. No, I, I think the reality, though, is more, what's the John Oliver quote? You know, it's like, you didn't logic your way into this. And I'm and which and I'm definitely not going to be able to I'm probably not going to be able to logic your way out of it either. That's actually like, a really good quote. Yeah. And I forget the exact I'll have to find the exact quote. It sounds even better than I did. But I think it comes more down to it's not that they're making a good argument. A, that's only possible because you have their trust and they're good friends with you. And there's that mutual trust and understanding Two, even more extreme than that. They might change their opinion or their ability to change their opinion might have nothing to do with the opinion and everything to do with they want to please you. They want to, they, because you're a friend and that matters more to them than their dumb opinion or some ancillary reason besides the merits of the argument itself. And I see time and time again, less so with furries because we tend to, it's true, think more methodically and logically that thing about things. By and large, I think it has much more to do with, uh, with trust and circumstance than the actual merits of an argument. And it sucks, and I hate it, but I've found it to be more true than not. Uh, fortunately, there are so many engineering-based people in the fandom where you can get away from that somewhat, but the, all of those ancillary things still play a really huge role. I think, so, in, I think I'm getting to the point in my life where I'm, I'm going to take advantage of... <laughs> What I like to call, I'm going to say groupthink, which sounds really scary. What, 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 the thing about groupthink is, is what is the appropriate way to act in general social situations? And really take that to heart and think about when is the time and place to debate certain things, right? Because it's obviously, it's not everyone's job to 
try to convince a Nazi on the internet otherwise, right? Um, that that shouldn't be that shouldn't be your job and it shouldn't be my job. If it's your best friend, maybe then it's worth it's worth that consideration for you. You have? Yeah, I used to have a literal Nazi friend. Oh God! On the internet, I mean that's back when I was younger, like in my late teens, and we used to message each other and we used to send actual physical letters to each other, like drawings. Yeah, and that's that story though about the guy, the 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 you know the the person of color who was in the what this what Illinois community, and you see the headlines. Oh, you know he managed to convince his convince people in this community not to be Nazis. He turned them around, and that was only because he had spent like years, I believe, in that community, forming those friendships and really becoming close to these people. And that was why they were able to do it. It's not something you can just talk someone out of out of being at, you know, on the first or second meeting. Yeah, it's like I spent two years. I mean, we were friends. It just took me two years to like have him think over it. I managed to fail, and I don't. We we cut ties because I was getting emotionally tired. But yeah, ultimately, it's not your job. Yeah, but I, but I think it was my job as a friend. You know, he wasn't a stranger. We, strangely enough, I did love him at some point, and he loved me at some point. It's, you know, he's a Nazi, he's a racist, but somehow he did have love for me. I'm, well, I mean, I'm I a think person that, of color. Look at look at um like even you know I I think of like some of my like people who've been my coworkers in the past where it's like one of them was like super against gay people, super against trans people really religious type person, but also donated a ton of money to charity and helped poor people and like volunteered in soup kitchens all the time. And it's just like, you know, it's like one of those weird things where it's like, okay, this person in their worldview, they mean well, even though I look at it and I'm like, this is just absurd. But no one it, thinks they're a, no one believes no one believes they're, they're a racist. racist. Well, there are some people who maybe do, but for the sure, most part, there are yeah, yeah, yeah. For yeah. the most part, no one like, like you were saying. No one sets out to be the villain. You for know, the, yeah. no one thinks they're the villain, and um, and oftentimes, and people are also complicated. If anything, we're you know, we, you learn about more people. There's been anyone who likes Hamilton and has seen some of the discourse online about that. It's kind of like no, even the founding fathers are complicated people. Yeah. Guess what? They, this, you wouldn't be here if they hadn't done their thing. Guess what? They sucked because they owned fucking slaves. They, yeah, they had a They're lot of fucking issues. Yeah, I mean, it's like, I don't know. I think um, it's just one of those things where, I mean, for, first of all, everybody has, I feel like everybody has things that are either incriminating or things that are dumb that they think that they don't realize are dumb or um, any of that, but. I've had I've had dirt dredged up on me. You've had dirt dredged up on you. Oh, God, I'm sure yeah. every every mm-hmm. everyone's got that stuff. Yeah, everyone. Well, and I think um, it, it's just important. Like to me, I think part of the issue is that, um, and and I think this is what the the criticism that um, left political ideologies get from the right is that. You know, the left, uh, the left view is that, oh, we need to help people. We need to help people be equal. We need to help those who are disadvantaged. We need to be accepting. We believe in rehabilitation. But then reject. It's the intolerant of intolerance problem. Um, and I think that part of that, and, and I'm really trying to be that, if like I need to, if I'm going to believe in rehabilitation, I need to believe in rehabilitation. Yeah. And I need to give people the benefit of the doubt. And I need to believe that people can get better and that people can learn from their dumb opinions. And it's. 
It's difficult. Deo in the uh, worst day, uh, worst year ever, uh, two two part podcast special, which everyone should check out if they haven't yet. It talks about kind of how the alt right inter- started interacting with the furry fandom before it really started interacting with, on, honestly, the, the public at large, um, and how the furry fandom learned to combat it before anyone else did. Really, you know, years ago, starting you know right around ChlorineCon. Um, but one of the things that they talked to Dale and Dale was like, listen, rehabilitation is difficult. It's hit or miss. And that honestly, most place, most chats and stuff focus on protection and not rehabilitation simply because there's only so many things you can do at once. If you're going to rehabilitate someone, that's a full time gig. Um, I think a lot of it is down to circumstance. What's that thing people say? You are the person, you are an amalgamation of the five people you surround yourself with most. You can try to rehabilitate someone all you want, but if they're living among racist and sexist or bigoted ideologies um, that they, you know, that they can't help but lean into, that's going to be very, very difficult to somehow unwind because of the small amount of time you spend online with them. So a lot of this is, you know, it'd be nice to have just a formula X plus Y plus Z equals congratulations, you're not a Nazi. But <laughs> it's, it's, there's so many, X, I want that on a t-shirt now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, that sounds like a good formula. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, but it's, it's, it's very complicated and I'm, I'd like to, like, it, you know, if, if we have much more free time than this, I'm going to start researching and seeing what kind of books have been compiled about how do you de-radicalize someone how can you maybe facilitate that i mean hell we're we're all engineers we're software people we make things there's got to be a way that you can there's got to be a way you can hackathon de-radicalization somehow i'd love to to see if there is if there's well, a way i, I well, think I, an I, individual you innovate on that <laughs> i think on individual basis I, I think trust and friendship is the best way to go at at large it's a what you're, you at large it. what you're thinking maybe more uh, practical but at individual basis, when you're when you're dealing with smaller amount of people, I think you can convince someone out of their thing by. I I think the other friendships. so friendship is one thing. Ha- having knowing that that you care about them and that you don't want to lose them. Yeah, right? because that, when, that's one. When those closest five people, uh, when those closest five people turn out to be someone that someone who will turn their back against you. Well, they may ju- that person may just come to you because you have provided them with love and support. I think the other uh, important thing here is inspiring them to be interested in learning more. Mm. And I think if you can do that, right? And somebody's like, "Well, how could you think this thing about you know? How could you think X about Y?" And you're like, "Oh, well, here's some interesting reading. Here's some evidence." And you got to be careful with like reading into it in a very small way, right? Like people will often link evidence that supports their view that isn't really backed by anything. First page of Google. Yeah. First one half, half page of Google. Wikipedia journalism. People will find find the opinion that they, that they like best most quickly and like that. Well, a great example is like uh, one that one that's been common lately is people saying, well, you know, more white people are killed by police than black people forgetting that there are four times as many white people. And it's like, but they, if you miss that statistic, it's like, yes, this is a graph and yes, it is a true graph, but correlation is not causation. And this is not the complaint. This is not the problem, right? It's just like, there's so much more complexity to this issue. And until you really talk to people and learn their perspective and learn what's going on and, and, uh, and kind of gain that, 
you won't understand just from maybe you know a stupid graph that you're linked alone uh, what's I, really going on. A side note: something I learned to ignore graphs, and I just learned to look oh, at God, the text. Oh God, that thread yesterday. Now, that <laughs> like, I don't, we were I don't, at I don't in, look in, at in graphs. Chat. In forecast chat, there was a whole thing yesterday about someone linked a graph and the oh, axes yeah. were completely <laughs> effed up. But they're like, well, it's their own fault for not reading. It's like, no, this is misleading. Hi, a majority of people are going to look at And that's happening, by the way, with COVID statistics from states and um, certain bodies who would wish to have you believe the crisis is not as bad as medical experts. In the are, they, what, are they using like a logarithmic uh, Y scale or something? <laughs> no, they just shuffle. They just shuffle the numbers around. That's what they did. That's what they did. In my state that's what they did in georgia they literally just shoveled the x-axis around that's so the fucked dates. Up. yeah and it was it was horrible the other thing like something else that, that i i'm remembering from uh, alt right playbook brought this up by the way if anyone hasn't seen it all right playbook it's a youtube playlist essential yeah it's viewing. fantastic absolutely it is absolutely essential um, viewing for internet use something they talk about and something I, I think we need to be careful we don't fall into because with all this Twitter stuff, you start to see us sort of falling into some of it. This belief that there is an absolute right and an absolute wrong. And people should be good. And people people can be good or people can be bad. Not that, that they can by do the way, on top things, of the fact that most of the time... for being bad. And that's on top of the fact that most of the time an opinion that somebody has is effectively harmless, right? Because again, my opinion on economics probably doesn't fucking matter. Even if, whether I'm wrong or I'm right, I would hope to be right and I would hope to learn more about it because it might be interesting. But it's like people will shit on other people for their opinion on something, per, you know, maybe because it's a bad opinion or maybe because it's a wrong opinion, forgetting that it is it literally affects nothing. Uh, Jesse, can I mention something? Or budge in? I'm sorry. I have a, I have a, I have a small. T- forgive me before you said I have a small temptation when you asked to say silence bottom. <laughs> No, uh, go on then. Um, it's your show. It's not my show. It's well, you're there. So. Okay. Um, I think a lot of people get this sense of um, just righteousness, just because they support what is popular amongst their friend group you're saying they're like a liberal person because being liberal is yes. popular you're just liberal by popularity not because and you believe group, in the fundamentals and sometimes okay. as the time progresses on your view will have to latch onto the fundamentals not the popularity yeah right if you truly consider yourself as a progressive person i i wish more i wish people who are feeling so empowered because they have reposted something online about like social justice. Um, I think Trump is a good example of this, by the way. Yeah, I, I'm, I I'm saying, but Jesse, what I'm trying to get is, is not really the matter of left or right or an American stand, uh, American way of saying. It's about like you knowing, you understanding your core belief and your value how, yeah value yeah. how you get to it how it affects other people how, like what are the theories behind it yeah and i you understand know. why right like there's probably people who are like well of course racism is bad and everybody around me says it's bad why i want to i want to do good i want to help people i want to be good and so they they believe that ideology yeah. without actually having a core very you know complex value of thinking about and looking at it you know deeply into it and understanding 
what's truly going on mm-hmm. um, and w- the history of it and everything like that where it's like yeah it, it's like a great example of like the amount of people and again I know that I'm using this as an example but the left gets this criticism of a lot where it's like oh we got to help and support people but then if they aren't our type of people then we don't care about them fuck them and it's like no if you believe in rehabilitation you believe in rehabilitation it's have a standard have a core value don't just support something because it's a popular thing to support i mean what i i mean what i just said brewski trump is a really good example of this Mm -hmm. and that is because and this by the way this goes back to our founding this goes back all the way Throughout the, the entire history of the world, there have been people who have the courage of their convictions, mm-hmm. which is a which is a kind of a classic phrase in like American history and politics. It's uh, I forget who did the quote. Like there's books that are called "The Courage of Their Convictions." Right. It means you believe you stand up for what you believe in. Yeah. It means you pick a perspective, and that it, you embody that, or yeah. you you believe it for reasons, and you're firm in your reasoning. Um, Throughout our history, there have been people who do stand for things very strongly, and there have been people who don't and follow the crowd. Trump yeah. is a good example. And Trump can believe something, can believe two different things on, two di- on the same day yeah. because someone else spoke in his ear, or he believes, oh, wow, people don't like that. I shouldn't do that. Yeah. There have been people like that all throughout history, and those are the most dangerous ones because you don't know what they believe. Yeah. They may and, not believe anything at all. Yeah. yeah. And, oh, man, I'm, I'm well, really and, and I today. think. I think listening to people is important, right? And if, if you are a politician, part of your job as, as somebody like who is in politics is to understand why people have the values they do and what they believe in. You know, it, it is a little shitty to just be like, well, that's popular enough. Now I guess I support that too, right? That is a little shitty. Um, but it's, it's also your job at the same time as you listen to also guide the conversation and guide and help people believe something better or something new or look at an upcoming trend that isn't very popular yet and understand why it's popular, right? Don't just support marijuana because all of a sudden more than 50% of the country supports marijuana. Yeah. Support marijuana years ahead of time because you saw the people who were arguing about it and looked at the history of it and listened to their argument and did your own research and mm-hmm. went, okay, yeah, actually, you know what? Hey, everybody, you should listen to this and we should have, you know, we should learn from these people and and kind of guide people in the right direction. Mm-hmm. And, and, th- and those are, are both of the jobs that you have when you're a leader. Yeah. And I think a lot of politicians only do the one. They only just go, well, that's popular. Mm-hmm. I support it now. Um, which, you know, good that they listen, bad that they don't but they take. They also take a lot of credit for it, even though all the most of the battle have been fought yeah. by those people who suffered throughout the history. And the politician picks it up and is like, "Oh, I did it! Oh, congratulate me!" Yeah, or like there's a there's get a quote a on price for me. There's a quote I'm trying to find uh, from. Uh, there's a quote. There's a quote that goes basically. There's a French radical. If you don't, you know, you have the courage of your conviction to do that. Or the quote is. Otherwise, you'll end up like the French radical watching the crowd run by and saying, there go my people. I must find out where they are going so I can lead them. <laughs> That's a great line. That's a good line. Yeah. Wow. I know exactly where it comes from. It was wow. in a show I love, but I have to figure out exactly if it, if it were, were the origins. But yeah, that's true. Yeah. It's like, listen, a politician's job, to an extent, is to lean into the people. Their job is to listen and then lead and to make lots of money so they can lead lead more that's fundamentally a politician's job but that you have to square that with well 
what do you believe in? Because that's why people are going to look at you in the first place. I, I think, and just one more thing we'll touch on and then we, we'll take another call. Um, yeah, yeah. I guess what it, what it comes down to for me too is that if you go back into the 50s and you look at what people believed, what was written, what was said, what was supported about gay people, it is horrifying. And I'm not just talking about yeah. like people's opinions or like, you know, uh, you know, Mary Beth down the streets perspective on it. I'm talking about like what was written in textbooks. There was so much stuff about how it is a disease and how it is the most disgusting thing on earth and how it's going to destroy our society. And we know better now. And there were plenty of good people at that time, right? There's good people who saved people's lives and who donated to charity and who helped their community who probably hated gay people at that time because that was what you thought, right? Right now, m most people eat meat. But 50 years from now, people will be like, how the fuck did we even do that? How was that even normal? Hey. Right? There's all these perspectives that we don't know yet as society moves forward. And so because of how fucking deep-rooted that shit was in the 50s, I don't care how disgusting it is. I don't care how vile it is. I don't care how obvious it seems. You have to debate it. You have to think about it. You have to research it. You have to, do ev you have to look at the evidence because... Morality is not black and white, and to think it is, you might as well be somebody who just goes, oh, of course I own slaves. Everybody owns slaves. We, or preach religion. Exactly. Real quick before I go, I want to say one last thing, wow. and that is that, that's been overlooked, Mal, of course. Uh, but that is that, listen, we all have friends for a reason. The reason that we got into this fandom is because you wanted, partly... Maybe that wasn't what you wanted initially, but you found a, either a community or a sense of community. And even if you don't think you have friends, there are members, you, you have friends because you're in this community. We have a Telegram chat. We have an IRC room. Take advantage of that. Maybe you have other friends on Telegram. Whatever point you are in in this community, it's okay to take advantage of that and go to a friend of yours that you've that you've talked to and ask like, hey, listen, I'm having I'm having a tough time right now. Do you mind if I vent to you for a second? And they'll almost always say yes. Or they might say, hey, I can later. Right now, I'm in the middle of something. Quick. And then listen, you can let your emotions out. It's okay not to be okay. And you have your friends for a reason. They're there to help make you feel better. So don't forget that and take advantage of that. Don't feel Don't feel like. Well, we don't want to bother them. Ask them first if you're not sure. If you're not sure, but we all want to help each other. So, yeah, and it is your friends that. that are going to help you, especially during this crisis. That's what's going to get you through it. But well, thank you, Jesse, for joining. Oh, and being on the yeah. show. Come cuddle. Yeah, come snuggle. I want. I wanna. All right. Talk to you guys later. Bye. Mao. All right, we'll let anybody else who wants to call in uh, call in. I had I saw one person who was on the line, but they hung up, so I don't know if they'll the, maybe they'll call back. Um. Yeah, good combo. Yeah, I don't know. Humans are complicated, man. Human condition is complicated. Mm. Oh, somebody linked the uh. There go my people. I must find out where they are going so I can lead them. <laughs> that. Hey, what's up? We have another caller. You are live on Furcast. What's up? Oh, hang on. I've got the stream going at the same time. No worries. It's echoing. Oh, there you go. 
Uh, yeah, it's been a very um, interesting uh, forecast tonight, talking mm. about a lot of stuff about the fandom and stuff. And mm-hmm. uh, it got it got me thinking back to my early days in the fandom because I came from being a person who had been shunned by a lot of people for being, you know, different and stuff because I lived in quite a, uh, let's say, well a more right-leaning kind of place where people around me with the views and stuff. So I kind of felt like, you know, you know, why, why do I like males? You know, Mm. that's not normal. And, you know, sex ed at college was like, if you play Twister, you're going to have sex. Twisty? Twister? Uh, Twister. What the fuck? (laughs) Oh, wow. That sounds like a fun game of Twister. Naked Twister? Naked Twister. <laughs> yeah, so, like, in it, in in the early fandom, you know, I didn't know where to look and who to find and stuff. But, um, basically, um, at the start, um, um, a lot of people kind of pushed me away and said, like, because I was trying to find find my place right. uh, amongst the fandom and stuff. And a lot of people were like, because I, first of all, I was bisexual back then. And some of the content I, like, artworks I said, uh, you know, commissioned and stuff. And people were sending me messages like, well, you're buy for attention and stuff like that you're not gay you don't have enough gay artwork you know (laughs) okay right yeah seriously that was a lot of what i had in messages and stuff so i kind of got pushed away in a way and unfortunately at one point you know I'm, i'm ashamed to say myself but i did end up falling into that um social person all right trap oh okay Oh my goodness. Uh, because, you know, I was feeling like rejected by everybody, you know. I came out of a place where I was already rejected in this place where I felt, oh, I can be myself and stuff. And I was rejected there. And I ended up, you know, becoming more and more, not hateful, but angry with the world and angry with, you know, people who. Oh, I thought, oh, I could guess along with and stuff were just pushing me away because I was not what they, you know, wanted. Yeah, that's and, definitely something to, um, to be careful with with people. I mean, whenever we find out that there's somebody who's like we think possibly like alt right type of thing that is on our chat room, we try to act very quickly, but we're we're very like nice. We'll sort of be like, hey. You know, we got evidence to believe this. We just wanted to reach out to you and talk about it. You know, we won't like accuse them of anything. We'll just say like, hey, could we talk about this? And then we'll say, you know, hey, um, you know, if just in case you don't mind, you know, our job is to protect our group and we, we value the, the safety of our users and, and their ability to be themselves and their ability to believe, you know, this yeah. list of things. And, you know, can, can we talk about that? You know, and can you kind of not exactly prove to us, but like we want knowledge that you are not going to be like the evidence that we might have gotten that you are like let's say an alt-right person and then if they are and sometimes they'll be like oh yeah 
fuck this. Yeah, fuck Yamal. Right. Yeah. We'll be like, okay, you know what? We're like, tell you what, we, we don't think you're going to fit in here. But, you know, hey, maybe, you know, you can come back someday, you know, let us know, feel free to reach out if anything comes up. And we're like, we're very, like, nice like that because it's like, if we just tell somebody you're a shitty person, fuck off, then we're going to lose. Yeah. And um, and that's, that, that's the, that's the, well, sorry. Because, um, like, I, I assume you're from uh, somewhere in the British Isle. Are you? Yeah. 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 Because, like. I, we are only, well, I am only familiar with the American version of alt-right. What is it like there? Like, what do they well, do? It's, it's still, it's still kind of a lot of, um, because a lot of kind of foreign people and stuff kind of came uh, in the like, 60s and stuff. Right, right. So there's still the generation of people who are now the people who teach and stuff you know, mm-hmm. in their fifties and stuff when I was younger, mm-hmm. who came up in that era of, you know, intolerance basically, because unlike America oh. and stuff, it wasn't such a big area in a lot of places. From, this is what I believe anyway, from what I've kind of gathered from being Yeah. Well I mean right wing around, is right but, wing regardless of where it is too. But Exactly, exactly. But you know, and um you know, and I was feeling angry and, you know, I didn't know, I thought myself being, you know, just a, you know, a freak and a monster and stuff like that. But listening to your podcast and stuff and finding people who actually accepted me for me, even with my faults. And as you can tell, I'm not very good at socializing because of, you know, years of um, emotional abuse that I went through with people who I believed were friends and stuff. So... I tend to be quite hard to get my points across. So mm. sorry if it's been a bit rambly, but no, no you're okay. Um, yeah. So yeah, and um, like even like a few years ago when I started getting a lot of stuff, like artwork and stuff, and people were like, "You can't do this. You're doing that," and you know, and I still felt rejected, but. As I say, when I've been listening to you, it's helped me um, know that it's okay to be different. You know, you can you can cry, you can be upset, you can. It, as um, the person before said, it's okay not to be okay. Yeah, and especially right now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And being able to tell people about my emotions and how I feel because on my page I have been quite open about my bad mental health at at times because I tend to spiral into depression Uh as it happens, you know. Well, I think it's a good step Um, that you can admit that, though, and that, you know, you can talk about what you've gone through and how difficult things are. You know, and, you know, looking back at stuff I've said, you know, at one point I was... It's hard to say, but at one point I was like anti-trans and stuff like that, and it's horrible. It really was a horrible hey, time hey. in my life. I used to be and, homophobic. Um, Don't worry about it. <laughs> and I'm yeah. the gayest and, guy um, you'll ever come across. Yeah, exactly. And um, you know, find it self-discovering who I am, and you know, you know, it's okay to be different. And um, you know, recently I came out as uh, pansexual and 
a lot of reflection upon myself. I even came out as agender. So, you know. Good on you. Having yeah, people you. there to help you really does help. And for people who are out there who are ashamed of their past and... <laughs> Sorry, I'm crying a little. Uh, who are ashamed of their past and, you know, may have at one point been full of hate and stuff for people's content or their views and stuff. Uh, there is hope and there is a chance to be different and help people. You know, I, I try my best to help people who are feeling down and stuff because, you know, depression and stress and anxiety is a really hard thing to deal with sometimes. Yeah. And when you hurt so much, you know, emotionally, and you feel like no one's on your side, and, you know, and... sometimes you can't see a way out and stuff. Just know that there are people out there for you, mm-hmm. and it can get better. Yeah, there's always good... I mean, you know, not every... I've kind of realized, too, that, like, if I do have a dumb opinion, it's like, sometimes there won't... There will be people who do not have the time for me, and we'll even say that. Like, I, I remember one time I, I posted something. It was something just about, like, video tech, or, you know, video and audio tech or something. And somebody messaged me, and they were like, you're wrong, but I don't have time to debate with you, but maybe somebody else will. And I was just like, what? Yeah, I was like, what exactly. the fuck, dude? And then somebody else came along and was like, no, actually, here's how it works, like, in the industry. And I was like, oh! And then, like, you know, but it was like, it, sometimes, well, not everybody does. They're eventually, usually... Somebody will come along who will have time to sit down with you and be like, okay, no, 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 no. <laughs> Here's what's going on and, like, help you do that. And I think that that's one of the things that's really scary about uh, the way people behave on platforms like Twitter lately is that um, – and, and there are – by the way, like, even just this week, I was just scrolling through Twitter while I was at work. Because um, usually I use Twitter, like, while I'm on the side of something, you know, if I'm waiting for something to load on a computer at work, I'm like, ah, scroll through Twitter. And just the amount of negative shit that I was seeing, I've, I've literally started crying. I was just, I felt so isolated and afraid and, like, I start going through my profile and worrying about all the things that I've said and, like, could it be construed in the wrong way and all this stuff. And it's, like, yeah. it is just so stressful because you feel like you're at, you're walking on nails. It's, like, you're just, yeah, you're a moment a, away a, from losing point, it all. People, yeah. Yeah. People can just, like... If you have one opinion, they can just go through years and years of content and say, you're wrong, you did this, you said this. And even if you apologize, they try and take you down. And, you know, a lot of people aren't bad. They might say something stupid once or at one point were uneducated about stuff. Like, as I said, like I was at one point and I have hurt people with my opinions and I have apologized for it. But... You know, and you do feel bad looking back at the stuff. And, you know, it's okay to feel bad about what you said, but know yourself that you've grown as a person. Yeah, I still cringe that, over things that I've said in the past secretly. And really? Oh, we all do. <laughs> we, all, we all do. We yeah. were all stupid once. Yeah. And some of us still are, but, you know... It, that's life you know it's okay to be yeah and, and, and you just gotta be an idiot running around with a tail you know yeah. that that's just who we are <laughs> you 
and and you know, and, and I feel like there are a lot. You know, if you if you're able to look back at yourself and say, ah, I feel cringy. You're also able to understand that other people are able to change, right? Other people are, yeah. are able to learn, and only. But this is only if you have grown up and if you have actually matured. If you haven't matured, yeah. you would think that oh, someone's always going to be like this forever. So I, I must, you know, bring him down to dirt and drag him around. Yeah, like then there's that, good people that, and bad people, yeah, kind of thing. Yeah. That proves that you haven't grown. That person hasn't grown up. Or been through something that, yeah. So, yeah. And, if you're... And as I said, I'd... I'd... Go on. Sorry, I you were talking. No, no, I was no. just saying that um, I do take time to talk to people about stuff if they ever... You know, if I see something, can I go, you know, you're right, you know, what's, what's up and, you know, not like try to get too personal with people but i do try try my best in my own ways to if i do see one of my friends you know spouting a lot of anger and stuff you know i'll sit down and talk to them as much as i can do online and mm. a lot of if you can if you see someone that you might think oh they thing if you've got time take time to you know sit down you know and talk to them because talking to people and talking about stuff can really, really help people. Like it helped me, you know, and yeah. just informing people, even if, you know, it might make you angry that, you know, they don't see the error in their way to start off with. But if you explain it and tell them what it's like and stuff, it can really help you, well, help them learn, you know, it's not, it's not bad, you know, whatever they are you know they're just you know a bit different from you and that's okay yeah. you know and that really does help people grow even if it is a little well, at the end of the day you know i just i just try my best take a deep breath if i see anything that angers me and i just yeah. move on from it and it's really helped me a lot and you know a lot of that came from just listening to your podcasts and you know you do talk about a lot of positive things, even if there is negative stuff in the world and you, you know, joke about some stupid thing Florida man did or, <laughs> yeah. you know, and, yeah. you know, and it doesn't have to always be about anger or the negative things in life. Yeah, I think it's it's all about that you know balance, I mean? right? Like you want to acknowledge negative things that are going on. You don't want to ignore them um, and pretend exactly. that the atrocities of the world will go away on their own. But at the same time, you can't dwell on all of the bad people and all of the bad things because if you do uh you're just going to drive yourself and everyone around you crazy um and frankly that's why my my biggest advice to people is pick your battles wisely um because there's always going to be battles to fight and a lot of them are going to be worth it to you and not all of them will and it's it's can be hard to figure out how to do that i'm yeah and also there's always room to grow even if you think you're the most perfect person and you've grown a lot you know there's always new things to learn there's always new ways to inform yourself about things that are going on and you know to make choices on your own to try not to let people you know make decisions for you you know eh, make, i don't know man i'm a red wolf we're own. we're pretty endangered so i feel like i got a lot to learn i must be fucking something up <laughs> yeah <laughs> quick 
<laughs> clearly don't have a good track record here. <laughs> no. But anyway, but well, thank you for for calling in and thank um, you so yeah, much. Thank, thank you for talking as well. You know, it's great to hear you guys still going, even if Cairo right. is going for a rough spot. Yeah, know? but he'll hopefully be back soon, and I'm sure the show will help him feel better too. So, yeah, Pharaoh, if you're out there, chin up, bud. <laughs> Things <laughs> will get better. <laughs> All right, thanks for right, calling. Thank you. All right. Uh, I'll take maybe one more, and then we'll transition into post-show. Um, in which case, we'll probably just end, because we already were taking calls. Uh. It only picks up parts of my purr. Yeah, it's because of the noise gate. Uh, yeah. Can you configure the noise gate so go. it picks up my purring? There we go. Just make your own podcast. That's just Maruski purring. I call it Purcast. <laughs> Welcome to Purcast, and then it's just an hour of that. <laughs> well, there are a variety of purrings. You know, there's like purring. That... Well, obviously, every episode's gonna have a description and a topic, mm -hmm. but it's just purring for an hour. Yeah, but you know, there are varieties of purring. Like there's like purring that cats make when they're like about to sleep, and it's like. I know you do that and all the time. They... And they make that, that last sigh of purr. And then they actually just sleep. And and there's like a really happy purr like with with like chirps chirps. <laughs> What's up, next caller? You're live on Furcast. Hey guys, it's the red roof from down the road. Hey, how's it going? Red roof? Red Roo. Red Roo. Yeah. Roo. It's Tanaru with World and Roo View. Oh, yeah. Hi Roo. Hi Roo. How's it going over there? Uh, it, it's uh, pretty good. How's it's it going? summer here. Yeah, it's summer here. Where is it where you live? What time is it where it's, you live? It's, it's summer. It's the same time as your guys' time. Oh, wow. That's pretty crazy. So, I know, right? What's it like to be in a kangaroo that's not in Australia? Oh, I, are you, I love the snow. Are you standing on your head? No. No. Well, Well, no. that's geologically uh, incorrect. Oh, that's true. See, here's the thing. My my bits are right side up. Everyone's else is upside down. That's how I see it. Uh, okay. Uh, Riley says if you say red Roo in a mirror a few times, does uh, Tanaru appear in your room? Oh, God, that'd be scary. <laughs> I, I Actually, for me, it would because I'm already there. So. Well, well, there you go. <laughs> or like anytime there's something controversial going on and we're like, oh, we need Tanaru's reporting on this. Red Root, Red Root. It's been quiet on the home front, even though Twitter's been on fire. But, you know, that that's not a usual thing. I, I always have a rule about that. It's like if if something is if someone if someone is having a conflict on Twitter, I was like, I'll think about it. If if I care about it in a week, then then we'll talk about that's it. That's a good I, that's a good strategy. Yeah. It, don't you also use that strategy? A little bit. Yeah. We've talked about that where it's like news. Yeah, like if something comes up on, because that's the thing. Like, so we have like a news channel for Furcast where we keep track of stuff, and we always just put links in there with no context. We'll just say like, "Hey, yep, this is a thing. It's happening," and it's so funny when I get to scroll through it before I prep for the show, and I'm like, "I need articles or I need stuff for the roundup," because there's some stuff where it's like, "Oh yeah, that's really important. That's still going on. Everybody's talking about that," and then there'll be like some link to some drama that's like, I was like. Oh yeah, that was this week. Like I've totally forgot about it, and it was like clearly it just doesn't. It went nowhere, you know. And it's not newsworthy. It's not something that we need to resurrect. Yeah. Um, 
And that happens all the time. That's a really interesting uh Yeah, good philosophy. Thing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean it's 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 one thing it's like I've grown up with the internet, so it's kinda like you're kinda used to like the social media kind of thing. I think furries interestingly, like Twitter is sort of the first time we've had like no holds barred. Call it anyone you want. Do anything you want. Because a lot of our social media back in the day are like they had like call out policies, right? They had like don't call people out or you get your account suspended, right? Like for affinity has a rule like that. I think a lot of furry channels have rules like that. Whereas on social media, there's no holds barred, right? Like we had live journal where we could do stuff like that. But usually it was in like locked um, accounts, right? Huh. Yeah, I suppose. I mean, I think part of the other thing, too, to mention about that is um, a lot of furries think that the drama that we have is unique to us or that the problems that we have is unique to us. Um, And I see a lot of people who the negative thing that they have to say about our community is actually something that is just a general problem with, like, any community, right? Like, you know... They think that, like, like you know, to use, like, the alt-right thing, it's like, oh, you got a problem in the furry community with alt-right. It's like, no, every community has that problem. It's not, like, special to us. Maybe the way we deal with it is unique, I suppose, but even then, probably not. Um, it's like we're, we're just dealing with modern internet culture issues. They're not necessarily furry, unique problems. I think maybe some furries are self-conscious about certain issues because they're worried that those issues might uniquely hurt us or that they might be uniquely criticize, you know, criticisms of us. But in reality, they're not, you know, kind of like the whole sexual thing, you know, um, people who are defensive about like, um, you know, we're not all sexual deviants. And meanwhile, like non-furries are sexual deviants. Like that's not a unique thing for us. Right. And um, yeah, I mean, like the whole thing about um, what was I going to say? Um, I, th- I think a lot of people are young and they experience the world through furry. Um, and usually furries statistically, and, and this was done during the, the, the international research project there, the anthropomorphic, um, the one that uh, Coda Cat. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, he said like at least like 80 percent of furries have experienced bullying or some sort of abuse. Um, in their lives, so a lot of communities need to, you know, deal with people who have come from areas that are very hostile, and so they get we get very protective of our community if we see a person who we think might lead down, like sort of cause a post traumatic stress sort of thing situation on dealing with things that they tried to come away from. Yeah, um, where it's like we need to rid our community of this person, and meanwhile, it's just like some dude with a shitty opinion on Twitter, and it's like, dude, like. <laughs> Just go to a con and hang out with your friends. Stop worrying about it. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, I think we we care about each other and that's why we kind of get very defensive. And sometimes we experience emotions for other people. We have, it's it's what I call hyper empathy. It's like, you're worried about the how other people feel about a situation or about the words and and things like that so you'll be like oh no we can't talk about that and you get you get very snippety and very defensive right so like it it's it's something an experience in time right you as you get older and get understanding of the world like you can understand um that people are brought up differently and you know there are certain things like there's certain political philosophies that can be harmful for sure um, especially when they get into power, but you have to understand that not everyone has that power. Like you should be more worried about how do we deal with that situation when those kind of philosophies get into power. And that's sort of what I think the world's dealing with right now. Uh, it's not just a furry fandom, obviously. Um, 
one positive thing um, that I've noticed in this election, I did sort of predict the 2016 outcome through my review of Zootopia. <laughs> wow. Um, okay. So I, if you, at flare.com, there is a um, article called the review part four, like every furry, like everyone wanted to review Zootopia when it came out for Flara. So like we, we came to a decision for the first time in Flara history, everyone was going to review it. Anyone who wanted to review Zootopia could review Zootopia. <laughs> and so we had like four or five articles um, of people's takes on Zootopia. And mine was, I had a good part of this, of the movie and a bad part of the movie. Um, the, now I won't say the good part, um, but the bad part, so the bad, the, the thing that the critic or the criticism I had for Zootopia was, um, May Bellwether, which I think every furry has watched Zootopia at this point. So oh, I yeah, yeah. spoilers or anything. Yeah. If you haven't but, watched it by now, then it's your fault. <laughs> yeah. Right. So May Bellwether's like this lamb character and she's like the mayor's assistant and she comes up with this convoluted plot, like taking out like you know, the predators and getting people against them politically by doing this sort of like thing with the night hours. And my question was, why didn't she just run for office? <laughs> because <laughs> there is clearly a systemic issue in this culture against predator animals. And she's very passionate against predator animals and they outnumber them in her words. Not like, like she uses 10 to one, which I was actually, I think nine to one, but like, she says we outnumber them nine to one and like all this stuff. And it's like, and she said, she said like earlier, she indicated that there's a voting system and it's like, Oh, this is a democracy. They outnumber them this much. She runs for office. She wins. <laughs> right. It's like, <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah. So in a way this was, and I made that review in March, 2016. And when Donald Trump won the election, like, I kind of like everyone was like going like, no, she couldn't win. And, and like, and then like, I, I, I shared a clip of the Jurassic Park with uh, Ian Malkin going, God, do I hate being right all the time. Wow. But, um, but and on the positive news to get back to what our situation currently, um, Donald Trump is a populist and populism requires an audience and coronavirus has taken that away. This uh, a is a large why, chunk of it, yeah. Right? Like this campaign, this is probably like one of the most interesting campaigns I've ever seen because there's no it's no coverage about the campaign 24/7. Usually when we have an election cycle, like there's news coverage wall to wall of this is what this president candidate said, and this is what this presidential candidate said and this he said she said he said she said bullshit. And that's not happening this year because everyone's talking about coronavirus and it takes all the air out of the room and without that sort of conversation around the politics it mm. takes the air out of the room for populism that's an interesting like, thought all right yeah this is sort of why i think biden is taking the strategy of i'm not we're not we're gonna treat this as if nothing's happening i'm not gonna talk we're not like it <laughs> so yeah, like, you know, he knows better right yeah right. my so it, uh, sorry my advice to people who were so adamantly against trump in 2015 was if you hate him so much don't talk about him that's, yeah, kind of. Yeah, that type that, of thing. He feeds off on attention. Yeah, well, and it's so, one of those. Again, it's one of those balance of acknowledge the issue, but don't center yourself around it too, right? Um, and um, uh, yeah. I mean, that's the general scope of like acknowledge, but don't dwell. 
because dwelling is what they want you to do. Yeah. You know, that's what gives they live, it. They, they live rent free in your head, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, I, well, yeah. Well, thank you for, uh, for calling in. I wish we could, uh, go and hang out and go to Denny's or something, but we can't yet, but maybe someday soon. Oh, that Tanaru. Yeah, I remember yes, now. that tenor. Yeah, I'm <laughs> we, sorry. We, we, we I, it's, did it's, meet. We we met before everything shut down like a lifetime ago. Yeah, it's just been forever. I would like to meet you again. It's been forever. It's been like it's been like four months. Actually, more than that. No, now. way more than no, that. No, it's yeah. been February. February was that time. So it's been almost half a year. Six. Yeah. Well, Six I mean, months. time is running at a different speed. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it's, it's it time is relative and relatively it's relatively crazy right now. So yeah, yeah. Um, hopefully things will get better. Hopefully this is a this is a thing that we'll get uh, treatments for and stuff like that in a few mm-hmm. a year or two and uh, move past it. And hopefully it doesn't become our new flu. That would be horrible. But yeah. uh, positive thoughts. Yeah, <laughs> right now. now. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, well, thank you for calling in. Thanks for having me. All right. All right. And we'll give that another minute. Um, and then we'll call it a night on the podcast. Yeah. I want pizza. You want pizza? Um, I'm hungry, but I don't know what I want. Well, you just said you want pizza. No, Pe- I don't feel like doing pizza. I, I thought about the taste of pizza in my <laughs> mouth. And I was like, hmm, that's not what I want. Yeah. So I need something else. Could do the tuna helper thing. Do we have more of that? Um, we have hamburger helper that you can use tuna mm, for. Maybe. Uh, no, it's a cheesy kind. Yeah. The, the American cheesy kind, which I really. No, like. no, no, no. It's not the same as that. It's a different type. Oh, okay. Yeah. I could. We'll see. We'll take yeah. a look. Yeah. We'll ravage through the kitchen and see what we can find. Yeah, be a ravaging wolf hunt for food and by hunt we mean <laughs> open a cupboard and oh that looks good yeah. uh, well thank you to those of you who have uh, called in and participated it's always great um, I hope everybody stays safe uh, we can probably call it a night here um, and move on to our post show so I think that's pretty much it uh, I've been your host Paradox the Red Wolf and up in your Tiger Maruski. Thank you to all of our Patreon supporters. Thank you to TwinTailCreations.com for sponsoring this episode of Furcast Live. Um, hopefully an episode of Furcast Tech coming out soon as well. Um, and I think that's pretty much it for podcast listeners. Yeah. Stay safe. Good night, guys. Good night. Have my purr.